Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. The Bernstein and Home Show. The Bellinger deal, he's got more value to this Cubs team as they're constructed than he might to Team X. He's the rug that ties the room together. This rug I have, it really tied the room together. He's a fit as a personality. He's a fit as a leader by example. I'm the dude. He is. He is he's, the dude. He's the dude in this metaphor. He's both the dude and the rug. He's just a good vibe. He's the type of guy that you want in your clubhouse. I am not Mr. Lebowski. You're Mr. Lebowski. I'm the dude. So that's what you call me, you know? Uh, that or uh, his dudeness or uh, duder or, uh, you know, El Duderino if you're not into the whole brevity thing. Those guys have been talking about it. I've witnessed it myself. He's the guy that kind of keeps everyone calm. This will not stand, you know? This aggression will not stand, man. His whole thing is I'm really good at baseball, but I'm kind of laid back. I'm here to help, like all that stuff, but I just want to play ball and have fun. What makes a man? Mr. Lebowski. Dude. Huh? Uh, I, I don't know, sir. You mind if I do it, Jay? Bernstein and Hope. Middays 10 a.m. till 2 on Chicago Sports Radio. 670 The Score. Welcome. It'll be a wild day today. It'll be like 80 degrees and then tornadoes and hail and the plagues upon Egypt. So uh, have fun. Yes, 76 degrees for the high today. Then I was watching uh, Morgan Kochmeyer this morning on Channel 9. She said tomorrow there will be wind chills in the single digits. Cool, cool. We're broadcasting live from the Hyundai Studios brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. And uh, we've got bear sound for you that we are going to turn around right now after I tell you that we've got Ray Diaz, Adam Studzinski, Brandon Fryer, 
Connor O'Donnell doing the things that they do. Here is Bears general manager Ryan Poles meeting the media this audio courtesy of your local Hyundai dealers. So uh, I'll jump right in, uh, kind of update on topics that have happened since the last time I spoke. So first, I just want to congratulate all of our guys that got into the Hall of Fame. I know our fans have been waiting and they've been waiting for a long time. So I know the entire organization is uh, really excited for them. Um, Flues hit it yesterday, excited about our coaching staff we put together uh, moving forward. Shane and Eric and, and the rest of the crew um, were in good hands. They're going to do a really good job. I think Coach hit on all the topics, teachers, communicators. Um, Shane's got a really good feel for both the run and the pass game. Ability to adapt and adjust and things that we're looking for, so we're really pumped about that. Uh, Cody and Eddie, um, I know we put out a piece on, on them, but just want to say thank you to them for what they've done for the Bears. Um, we felt like it was the right time to give them opportunity to, to go test the market, see what's out there for them. Um, I want to do right by them and, and do it as early as possible so they can put their plans in place. Um, but really thankful for their leadership and everything they brought to the organization. Um, Jalen Johnson. Um, in the process of getting Jalen Johnson done, um, conversations are going well at this time. Uh, we feel like we've done a really good job um, kind of coming to the table strong. Um, showing the respect um, that he's due just in terms of his production through his career and really an emphasis on the turnovers that he created this past year. Our expectation is that's going to continue to go um, as he's with the Bears. Um, when I say coming strong, it means cash flows are strong, guarantees are strong. Uh, the term is strong for him. Um, being hit with his age, uh, there's a really good opportunity for him to go back to the market again, um, continue to earn money and play well, and hopefully that's with the Bears for a long period of time. So I'm excited about that. Uh, like I've said about those deals all the time, it takes two to tango, and you got to find a, a place that everyone feels comfortable with. So uh, I feel really good about that situation. Now the hot topic. Uh, <laughs> first pick, quarterback situation. Um, contrary to reports out there, I have no master plan to present to everyone today. Um, this is an opportunity for us to continue to gather information, um, learn about the different players in the draft, um, listen to what opportunities could come up, um, and then at the end of the day, we're going to make the best decision um, that we can for the Chicago Bears. Uh, it will not be based on fear of what could happen with this and what could happen with that. We're going to put our information together and make the best decision because at the end of the day, we'll always throw our decision-making against kind of our core kind of deal, which is win championships and sustain success for a long period of time. There's a lot that goes into that, uh, but we're excited to gather that information and, and create clarity uh, as we go along. So, right. what, uh, is your, what is your, if you decide to draft a quarterback, what is your motivation to trade Justin before free agency starts, knowing that there might be a premium on yeah, again, it just depends on what opportunities pop up. Um, I will say this. Um, I think you guys know me uh, well enough now. I do, if we go down that road, um, I want to do right by Justin as well. Uh, no one wants to live in gray. Um, I know that's uncomfortable. I wouldn't want to be in that situation either. So uh, we'll gather the information. We'll move um, as quickly as possible. We're not going to be in a rush um, and see what presents itself and what's best for the organization. Did you, did you talk to him? I know he made those comments last week about kind of living in limbo on this. Have you had conversations with him about where you guys are at right now in that process? Yeah, so I've always felt, and I told, uh, told him this after uh, the season when we had our exit meetings, that you know transparency and communication is, is key in these moments, um, and I told him we will do that. So I've been in contact with his team and, and kind of let him let them know like what we're looking at, um, how things might play out, 
um, and that we'll continue to communicate as we move forward. Again, I understand how uncomfortable that is for him. Um, but again, like I told him, and he understands, I think he said it the other day too, it's, it's part of this business. It is a unique situation. So, uh, but yeah, I'll continue that communication with Ryan, them. been part of the uh, evaluation process in Kansas City in 2017 with Mahomes. Yeah. How has that experience helped shape the way you go about evaluating quarterbacks and, and things you do in that regard? Yeah, my background is, is uh, I'm really fortunate to kind of see <clears throat> multiple phases and different types of processes put in place um, with bringing a quarterback in uh, from a trade to drafting. Um, so again, just there's a process that we've learned in terms of tape watching and getting to know guys and bringing them in and spending time with them to feel comfortable with, with that setup. Um, so I can definitely tap into that experience. Right. In terms of Jalen Johnson, you said things are, are going well with him. Do you think it's more likely that there is a long-term deal with him than the franchise tag? I hope so. I'd like to avoid the franchise tag uh, for him. I think there's a really good space uh, for us to find a middle ground. Um, again, we always have the tag to, to use, um, but I really would like to, to get something done long term with him. Ryan, how do you view, philosophically, how do you view the draft assets you'd have picking first and ninth? You would theoretically be targeting star players if you kept those picks yep. versus converting those into more picks, but they are lesser picks. Yeah, that that goes into the equation, right? I mean, you got to look at what's there in, in that area in terms of drafting. Um, again, you got to listen to the trade. Like, you don't trade back one, trade back two, trade back 15. Like, that changes the dynamic based on where the board is set up. I think I talked about that last year. We'll end up counting the guys in certain spaces that we feel like can beat impact players for our team. Um, so that goes in the equation as well. Um, but I think it's a really good opportunity to improve our football team. And the other thing is, like, very open and understand that draft picks are just opportunity, right? you got to capture that. you got to be right with your draft picks. Um, so we understand that as well. Right, you touched on the process of evaluating the quarterbacks. Obviously, at the top of the draft, there have been a lot of misses at the quarterback position. Yeah. What have you maybe learned about what goes into making a player, you know, a great quarterback at the next level? Yeah, um, there's a lot there, right? It's like, what's the infrastructure look like? What's around the player? I think that's key, um, and I think that's probably uh, mess with the numbers a lot when you're talking about the top of the draft. I think that's what makes our situation unique and why we have to really do a deep dive in, into it. Um, I think the person is a huge part. I've talked about that a lot. What's the makeup, the leadership, how do they handle pressure? Um, how do they handle pressure in a big city like ours? Um, so a lot of those factors go in. Ryan, I know you said you weren't going to make a big reveal today in terms of what, have, you're, you know, yeah, what you're doing. I have nothing to reveal. Yeah, 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 no, I, I totally I wish understand. I did. Yeah, I know. That's what I wait. Yeah, that's what I wait. Um, I, I, I totally understand that. But uh, do you have an idea, like, how? what's the percentage of what you think you know right now ahead of the combine? Like, how important is the combine in making the decision? Yeah, right now it's like a hundred different scenarios that you go down and, and try to plot out and you're forecasting forward to see what's going to work out and probabilities and, and things like that. But at the end of the day, the human being part, getting to know someone, um, getting to know a group of people is really going to determine that there's going to be options um, that pop up all the time that you don't see coming. I think I said it last year, like something will happen at some point in the next few months that no one expects. Right. Um, so you got to be on your toes for that. So the picture will change as we go. Right. 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 You trade the number one mindset this year with the number one overall pick than what you had last year at this time? Um, no, I mean, it's a, it's unique, right? Um, but 
I would say our approach is exactly the same in terms of we got to look at every option and, and determine what is best for our team. Um, obviously, we chose to trade back last year, and I think that that helped our uh, a team out a lot. So, um, again, we'll, we'll do a deep dive and, and see how it plays out. How are you, how are you evaluating the prospects of keeping gathering information? Do you have any concern at all that Caleb Williams or the team around him don't want to play in Chicago? No, no. No concerns about that at all. I, I would love to know why if that was the case. Like I said, I think um, as a young quarterback, and I've been around it, the infrastructure is important, and I think we've made really good progress in terms of having really good infrastructure for whoever were to come in or if Justin were to stay here as well. In terms of your quarterback evaluation when you were in Kansas City, Cliff Kingsbury said that you know uh, Patrick Mahomes and Caleb Williams are eerily similar. When you watch the tape, do you see that? There's pieces. There's pieces that are similar. Uh, obviously, the one that stands out to everyone is just different arm angles. Um, that's a unique trait. Not a lot of guys um, can do that. Uh, I'll give Jeff King, um, who's on my team, credit. He, he painted a picture of, you know, there's two types of quarterbacks. There's artists and then there's surgeons. Um, so within that group, you can kind of see who's the artist create that's really creative, um, doesn't draw within the lines where there's more of surgeons who are, you know, like your typical, like the Brady's and Peyton's. So um, kind of branch them out on those buckets and go from there. So that's where they're, they're similar. Is there a percentage you prefer with artists and surgeons? No. Winners. <laughs> yeah. If you do move off the number one pick, we've heard crazy, we've heard historic, all those adjectives used for the amount of compensation you need. What what are you looking for? Yeah, it's hard to say right now, um, but it's it's got to help our organization significantly to, to move around um, because we saw what it did last year um, and I'm looking for that type of return to continue to improve our football team. Right. When, when do you want to know what you're going to do? Tomorrow. <laughs> no, in all seriousness, before no, free agency? Or, I would love to know as soon as possible. Right. I, mean, I mean, I would love to know, um, but I know that's not how the process works. Um, you know, there's sure before free agency would be good. Like I said, I'm also taking um, you know, if we were to do something with Justin, like I want to do right by him. Um, and I know, again, living in that gray space, you would want to do something sooner rather than later. Um, but just like I talk about with contracts, it takes two teams to figure that out. Um, but at the same time, we're also trying to figure out the draft process as well. So there's a lot of different things with different timelines going, and that's what makes it a little right, bit difficult. Right, it's part of your process over the next six weeks. What do you see as the, the best way for you to evaluate the wiring of quarterbacks? What, what do you like to do? Yeah, spend time. Spend time. That's, I mean, any type of relationship, you know, it's, it's time on task and um, just kind of getting to know the personality. Um, there's been a ton of information gathering from my team just in terms of teammates, coaches, things like that. Um, but you got to spend time with a, another person, really understand the, the wiring. Are you, what are you trying to feel out in that process? What are you looking for from that? Yeah, you look for examples of dependability. You're looking selflessness, leadership, um, ownership. You know, like I think it's hard these days to find people that you know, hey, this is wrong, and it's like, yeah, it was wrong. This is what I have to do to correct it, rather than just kind of BSing your way through it. So, um, yeah, with time on task and spending time with these guys who. To know some of those things. Right, so, are, you, are, you expecting, are you expecting a busier combine than usual? Like, I'm imagining you're going to be a pretty popular guy this week. Everybody yeah. wants to buy you dinner and yeah. talk about all these different assets that you might trade. I mean, is it going to be a different combine for you? Yeah, it feels that way. Yeah. Has it already started? Oh, yeah, my phone won't stop. <laughs> how, 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 are you, how aggressive are people with 
fishing for information from other teams to see what you can do with that? Yeah, it's, you know, it starts slow. We were at the Senior Bowl. I know people are kind of poking around. I haven't had, like, big-time conversations with anyone, uh, but everyone wants to, you know, take a temperature of what's going on. Um, yeah, yeah. How would you say last year's trade worked out for you guys, for the Panthers, and even Houston that didn't get the number one? Pick? Yeah, um, I'll only comment on us. I thought it, it worked out really well. Um, just adding two good players like Darnell and, and DJ. Um, had no idea this would work out where it would be the first overall pick, uh, but I would say that's successful. Um, and then, you know, a future two as well. So uh, it worked out well for us. And Keep growing up with that. Yeah, you know, like that universally loved Justin is by this team. Have you thought about what that conversation is going to be like if, if you do train and what you're going to like delivering that message to the team? Yeah, um, you know he's a leader. Every everything our guys have said it's true, and not surprised our guys have said what they have said. I feel the same way, um, and I think sometimes this whole thing gets you know Justin versus another person. Um, and I have to look at it a little bit differently. I take that into effect. That's why the person is so important when we evaluate other people that would come in in that position. Um, but also it's my job to think of the long term. And, and a lot of our guys kind of don't don't see that. That's not their, their job to do that. And they defend their guy, which I think speaks volume, volumes about our culture and our locker room. I mean, you've made big trades before. Would that cause a, is there anxiety that comes with that for someone who would have to deliver that sort of news? No, because I have faith. Um, in our ability to communicate with our guys. Um, and when we do that, I think they'll know that it's in the best interest of of the team. And I think as we've moved along here, I think the, the, the trust factor is there that they're in good hands with however we decide to kind of play. Well, when you have two more time, guys to work. wise for the college quarterbacks, do you really need to get all the way to private workouts, bring them in the building to know? And, and how would that impact your decision with, with Justin? Um, yeah, so, you know, again, the different, there's a lot of different timelines going, so uh, being creative with, with finding time to, to spend with the different prospects and, and if we can get a private workout, things like that, that does help come to conclusion and, and kind of fill in all the boxes that you need to fill in. If you identify a quarterback prospect as your guy, is there any price that can move you off of your guy? Um, would it be our guy, right? Like, it's, it's not about me at all. Um, that's hard to answer right now because I need kind of the whole puzzle put together to, to figure that out. That was your set of Chicago's classic rock. You started with Barracuda by Hart, Rick Springfield, Jesse's Girl, ZZ Top, had Sharp Dressed Man, Super Tramp, The Logical Song, and Jungle Love by Steve Miller Band. So they were in a hallway. I don't know. Th- that's, <laughs> that's what that feels like. That they were outside of a of a room in a hallway that's playing music or music. No, that's that is that's just wheelhouse classic rock right there. I know, but they were in a hallway. That's what it sounds like to me. There's a the lot. BC of- had a little setup this year. Last year, it was just like a bunch of guys around the you know the the backdrop, just yeah. standing around. I thought this was. I thought that was pretty good from what we saw. There's a lot of stuff in there. There's I didn't a lot. think there was a lot. I, I, I didn't get a whole lot. I liked his tone. I liked his optimism about Jalen Johnson. It sounds like they're way closer than I thought they were. Or they're putting pressure on him. Could be. But the with the level of detail that he shared, specifically about what he thinks he can get annually versus like, hey, he could take another bite at the apple. 
It, it sounds a lot farther along than I expected him to sound on it. We will discuss when we return. Bernstein and Holmes on the score. Bernstein and Holmes, middays 10 to 2 on 670 The Score. My background is, is I'm really fortunate to kind of see <clears throat> multiple phases and different types of processes put in place um, with, you know, bringing a quarterback in uh, from a trade to drafting. Um, so, again, just, there's a process that we've learned in terms of tape watching and getting to know guys and bringing them in and spending time with them to feel comfortable with, with that setup. Um, so I can definitely tap into that experience. Ryan Poles setting everything up, didn't really commit to anything, laid it out there about Nor should he. what his expectations are. No, I don't think anybody expected that there was going to be some breaking news from him. I mean, there could be breaking news at the combine. But not from but not, him. He's not like going to He's not going to walk up there and be like, all right. All right, get your notebooks out. Here it is. This is what we've done, and that'll be later. And we'll, we'll find out. There's a couple interesting things that I thought I wrote down in us uh, listening to Ryan Poles. The decision that they will make on the quarterback won't be based on fear. I like that. Be confident in whatever choice you're going to make, whether it's the fear of, well, don't let Justin go because Justin will end up being a star someplace else. Or you don't want to be the guy that missed on Caleb Williams, so you're. I guess you got to do it. Right. I, I, I like hearing him say that. that it won't be based on fear. I like that he clearly has discussed with Justin, hey, man, this is going to be weird for a little while, and we're sorry. This is just the way that it is. But as soon as we figure out what it is that we're going to do and we know exactly what we're going to do with you, we're going to have you in on the conversation because we want to do right by you. I think that's a, a, a good approach from a management standpoint as well. The Jalen Johnson stuff, to me, I, I, I was really surprised considering how guarded he's being, and rightly so, about the other stuff, how freely he was like, no, things seem to be going really well. Now, sure, this could be, well, we're putting pressure on him, or you'll have this as record, when you hear from Jalen's side that, oh, we haven't talked or anything. It's what it sounds like to me is our, our deal is out there. We think it's a really good deal for him, and we want him to take it. We would like for him to sign this deal. No, that's an important part of, of uh, being having tactics. Yes. Agreed. Tactics are very, very important. Both being and having. All that good stuff. To have the tactics, you have to be the tactic. Yeah. So, uh, that's what I always say. I, I, I know that we ordinarily do this. I. I wouldn't mind talking with Weederer tomorrow or Thursday if we can. I thought his question about the experience in Kansas City was really good. And Poles' response to it I thought was interesting too. Where, look, when I was there, we did a bunch, we did it a bunch of different ways. So I have experience looking at it from a bunch of different vantage points. These are all things like we're still getting to know Ryan Poles too, and he's still growing into doing the job. So the the more things we can find out about what his process is like, the more I'm interested in it. I found the artist and surgeon metaphors interesting when it comes to his choice of describing quarterbacks. I don't necessarily agree. I don't either. Because I think it's both. 
I, I don't think somebody is one or the other. I think there are there are surgeons who are also artists in their ability to conceive of things and ways to solve problems that are above and beyond what has been taught or what has been diagrammed. I understand what he's saying, and the the I would have put. I mean, it, I'm starting now, like to think about it, like historically, like who am I putting in each bucket? But like, then you have Aaron Rodgers. What bucket does he go in? Because I see both. I I see him as surgeon, and I definitely see Peyton Manning and Drew Brees as surgeons. Tom Brady, surgeon. But what do you do with someone like Aaron Rodgers? Honestly, what do you you call Justin? Because I think Justin would actually benefit from more structure taught in the right way. So is he an artist that needs to be a surgeon, or is he a surgeon that hasn't quite figured out how to be a surgeon yet? Yeah, I think that that's a metaphorical device that sounds like it should make sense, but doesn't really withstand rigorous scrutiny. It just doesn't. Yeah. Because there, there's so many different individual personalities at the position who are able to win. Well, and that's the the thing that he, the conclusion that he got to was, I don't care. I just want people who win. But you, sure, you, you someone throws something at you, you, go, oh, I never looked at it that way. But the more you think about it, it's like, what, what do you call Joe Burrow? Yeah, I mean, Josh What's, Allen is neither artist nor surgeon. What is Patrick Mahomes? Right. Because I saw him be real surgical and super artistic. You, got, you want, ideally, you want all of it. Right. You like someone. You want Leonardo. You want somebody who can. Or Donatello. No, more Leonardo known for. Michelangelo? Yeah, or no, Raphael. No. I think Josh Allen's a Michelangelo. He's a little got, bit of a wild card. Well, we know Cody Bellinger is totally. I'm talking about the actual Leonardo and not the Ninja Turtles. Well, that's less oh, that's fun. What, what way we're talking fun. about is more fun. Yeah, it is more, way more fun. More we don't, fun we don't need your art history credentials today. It's, well, it's not just his art. It's also his science. Science, yeah. That's the point. Yeah. That Leonardo was both artist and scientist. And Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, also about science. That's the right. ooze. Well, yeah, how do you think they became Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? I don't know. The ooze, man. It's the ooze. Is it pink? It's pink ooze. No, it's right? green. It's green. Green ooze. Yeah. Science. And then Shredder. Science. <laughs> Seven seven three says Weird Al Yankovic was like a surgeon. Yes. for the very first time. Yes, yes, yeah. he was. Um, anyway, back to the stuff that Poles had to say. Okay, here. that's enough. <laughs> Artist, surgeon, Leonardo. I thought are, it was. You guys are with the turtles. His answer about Caleb Williams not wanting to come here was interesting to me. Why? Because I don't have any concerns. I'd like to know if he has concerns. And then he was like, our infrastructure is great here for a quarterback. And like, maybe oh. at the moment it is, but it, it usually hasn't been. I think that's the point that's made is the whole quarter. This is where quarterbacks go to die and they don't develop quarterbacks here. It's hard to argue against the historical conclusions. Yes. Even if right now you are confident that you have put in a warm quarterbacking incubator or nest well and Same one thing. of the first things that he said was that Shane Waldron has a really good feel for run and pass game 
And he clearly, like Shane Waldron, I, I don't know what type of coach he's going to be, but I know he's smart enough to read the room. And I know that he walked in there and he was like, you know what I'm really good at, guys? I'm really good at adapting to my talent. That's what I'm like super good at. I'm great at it. My system works for anybody. I like to coach all sorts of quarterbacks and I'll work with them on what it is that they do well and it can all fit into what we do as a team. Yeah, he was I'm a- Shane Walter. <laughs> and I approve this message. A he, real coach. He clearly yeah, he was under- understood what had happened here before and walked right in and was like, here are all the answers to your test. I, Shane Waldron, am a big proponent of looking at individual skills of the quarterbacks that we have on our roster and working with them. And did I mention that during games, I'm flexible (laughs) when it comes to my game plan and an understanding of what a defense is trying to do? I'm not rigid and insistent on continuing to do what I thought would work. I understand that the script is to probe the defense to see how they react to things. And then make adjustments off of that. I'm Shane Walter. This is a great PSA for him. We need to, we need to sell this to him. Or I send this to him. He, I think this is what he sold to the Bears. Because from between what he said last week and what Paul said this morning, I think that's exactly what he sold the Bears. Oh, he knew the assignment. Yes. I think- and I and I give him credit for that. Like, you understanding what's the Let's look at it from, like, a pure coordination of offense. He knew the defense that he was going to see, and he devised an offense that allowed him to get the job. I know what they want to hear. This is what I am. This is what I do. Don't tell them that not much separates people who are good at this from people who aren't. (laughs) I certainly am not going to remind them of that. Nope. We all kind of do the same thing. Yeah, but some people are a little different. Yeah, they're called head coaches. Yep. That's the difference. But the guys who do it who aren't head coaches are all essentially interchangeable. I also dig that Poles was talking about this part I, I love from a negotiation standpoint. If you think that you're coming to me with anything less And what I got last year for the dude that they drafted number one overall, when y'all are talking about this other dude, you got another thing coming. Because I'm not. That's the floor. What I got from Carolina is the floor. So if you're trying to get Caleb Williams, who people think is a better quarterback prospect than Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud before last year, guess what? Jump, jump. Because... You're going to have to make me a real deal if you want to get this guy. So, there's a lot in there, I thought. I thought that was a good, it was a really good presser for Ryan Poles. I think he did everything he wanted to do. Yeah, I think the opening statement was strong and confident and complete. He didn't seem like he was avoiding anything. I thought his tone was in control and upbeat, and I think he was able to to parry away some reasonable parry questions. And thrust, dodge, turn, spin, thrust. I think he I, I think he acquitted himself like somebody 
in the position that he know, knows he's in right now. Dan, I think we're being too nice to Ryan Poles. Will that be will <gasps> that be the headline tomorrow? The Chicago media too nice to Ryan Poles when you know he does things that are good. What the hell was that? Well, like that that's just are you talking about the coward stuff? I don't know. Maybe it's, it's just wrong. Of course, Dan. Of course it is. It's just completely wrong. Like I I didn't. That, that was weird. Like pick up a phone. He did, though. That's the thing. Got a little pushback. Didn't like it. I mean, you can talk to people and just say, hey, what's being said about him here? How are people handling this that somebody can answer instead of making something up that just isn't true? And now we're taking on New York media, Dan. That's right, brother. We're going to take on WFAN. And let me tell you something. We're still the... Jet flying, limousine riding, kiss stealing, wheeling dealing, son of a gun. And we're having a hard time holding these gators down. Woo! We got weights and fit. There we go. That too. And that. Here we go. Would you like to talk about your stadium stuff? Yeah, it's just like... this is a simple one. Okay, we're going to take a break. This is just not complicated. We are looking forward to your reactions via the, the text and people on Twitch. You had thoughts on what happened with the Bears press conference. But there's some simplicity that Dan would like to add to the conversation about who's getting state money to build, rebuild, upgrade. Or city money. Or move stadiums in sports. We'll do that next here on Bernstein and Holmes on the score. The Bernstein and Holmes show. Dan Bernstein, Lawrence Holmes, powerhouse pairing, 10 to 2 every day. On 670 the score. You know, the information that we've gotten so far is still very limited. We, you know, the how the taxpayer is going to benefit from this still hasn't been put forward to us. Um, it's just what the need is. And of course, I think the pictures that we've all seen, the drawings anyway in the newspaper, all look terrific. Um, But but again, that's not enough uh, to make it uh, a priority, in my view, for for Springfield. Translation, how about no? That is Governor J.B. Pritzker and his response to the White Sox ask. But everybody's getting in line. Bears want tax breaks from... The districts in Arlington Heights. Now the Cubs want $30 million to put in crash-rated bollards around the park. You know what those are, right? Those are those those vertical posts yeah. that are anchored deep into the concrete to keep people from driving trucks full of fertilizer into the into the stadium. Absolutely. So that there may be more sense in that, but I'm still dubious of that. I don't necessarily want to cut a check. Why can't? You, you want it? You want an all-star game? Put them in. Go ahead. If you need some kind of easement for expanding or contracting the sidewalk, where they're already bending over backwards, closing streets and stuff like that, you can you can pay $30 million for your bollards. Bollards! Yes, you can. It's funny because I, I had a, a politician that, that I know reached out to him and asked about all of this stuff. And the thing that I was stuck with from his reply is people are not reading the room politically. Not at all. Not at all. They're they're running a playbook from 20 years ago or more. This is not the time. 
This is not the time to be asking for government dollars, especially in this state, especially with, and someone brought it up in the press conference where uh, the questions were asked, if, if there are aspirations for J.B. Pritzker to move to a national platform, That's... Mm-hmm. it's like people aren't reading the room. No. That's why I've said every time you hear Pritzker speak, every time he says Illinoisans, it sounds to me like he's practicing saying Americans. Americans. Yeah. That's what it sounds like to me. And I get it because he's read the room and he's – plotted out the calendar well you, you have to if you have aspirations of being Damn president right like you, you're gonna have to do that but it just seems like all the teams are and now the red stars like jumped hey. in here and I'm like what are you doing yeah i don't i don't like the tone of some of the pitch here where the red stars are now just sort of positioning themselves women's sports need to have a seat at the table we need to be in the mix uh, how to grow women's sports that's on you that's on you. Tax that's not the taxpayer's job. You want equality? You want to be you want to be taken just as seriously and get the same exact response on equal footing? Here's your equality. Also, no. It just seems like no. if you if you're the governor and you're like, wait, so I have two Ricketts asking me for state money for two different teams. How about no? Yeah, because and, and the problem you talk about not reading the room, they're making their point, and the commissioner of the NWSL, Jessica Berman, is saying how men's sports have historically been viewed as community assets. So they had a grift. You, you're saying you want in on the grift. Yes. No. Viewed as community assets mean they pulled one over on the government. You, you would like equal access to the grift. Right. No. You don't get it's still a grift. Equal access or no. Well, men's sports have been able to successfully grift all these communities. Why can't we successfully <laughs> grift all these communities with a deal that benefits the the private ownership on at the expense of public money? No. I don't I I've been to a few matches. The Red Star matches. I like that stadium for them. Like I really do. Like it's it makes sense. It's I know that it's hard. It's look. It's really like one way in, one way out. So I get that, but as a as a fan, I'm like, oh, this is enjoyable for for two hours to to be here in Bridgeview. It's nice. And then she undermines her own argument. Does Jessica Berman? We're really at this important inflection point. It's true that for the first time, women's sports is actually being valued from the business community. Then get your money from them. If you're being valued from the business community, you bring them on as partners yes. and sponsors and investors, and they invest in teams and land I, and I would, buildings. I would agree that, that there's been a lot of value that has been figured out in women's sports over the last five years, but that doesn't entitle you to any state money just like it doesn't entitle – men's sports to state money and the more you learn about what these subsidies end up doing for the community the less attractive it is so i don't know why the red stars would want especially considering their recent history why they would want to jump out and be like no we totally want some of this free money too baby let's go i i don't think it's a great look for them 
and we'll see how this all plays out. But I don't think it's a great thing that after all of the posturing and grousing that related Midwest and and Jerry Reinsdorf have been doing, that they haven't gotten anything in front of the governor. You haven't talked to the governor about this. Like, you're supposed to be that dude. That's supposed to be a phone call. You should have... And, and it, it really does make me wonder if they're like, we'll just get all of this stuff out here into the public, and then there's going to be public pressure on J.B. Pritzker to do something. And then the public was like, hold on. You want to do what? It looks super cool, man. That looks super cool. Who's paying for it? You're not even going to put in on it? At all? How much money do you want? A billion dollars? Is something wrong with your ballpark? No? Not really. Oh. GTFOH. That's Lawrence Holmes. I'm Dan Bernstein. This is the Bernstein and Holmes Show. Let's talk quarterbacks when we come back. And there's a lot of names out there. There's a lot of people that want to talk about the Bears quarterback situation. Yes. And make stuff up about it, too. Sure. Let's do that next here on The Score. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. This hour is brought to you by Menards. Save big money at Menards. If you identify a quarterback prospect as your guy, is there any price that can move you off of your guy? Um, would it be our guy, right? Like, it's, it's not about me at all. Um, that's hard to answer right now because I need kind of the whole puzzle put together to, to figure that out. Uh, the puzzle is just being laid out on the table. 
something. Is it, is it a jigsaw puzzle, you think? They're just kind of putting the pieces together. I don't know if you uh, classically start with the straight edges around. you find the four corners? What is your, your strategy? But right now, this is the process of dumping it all out and then flipping all of the pieces so they're face up. That's pretty much where we are in the puzzle metaphor. You think so? They got to look everything over. I feel like I feel like they probably have. The, you think they have the outside edge done? Yeah. The frame? You think? Well, if that counts, if the idea of getting Fields and his people ready for you know preparing him and under telling him they you- they've watched all the tape on Caleb Williams. You know what I mean? They they have talked with Justin Fields. Now it's putting it's the outside of it's done. Okay, so now it's just a matter of determining. All right, who's who's in charge of which portion here? All right, you're going to do these. Anything that's got a this in it, that's on you. And anything that's got a this in it, that's on you. And then we'll come together and cross-check. Yep. And see what our pieces can, when your your piece that you did over here can be picked up and moved into the stuff that I've done over here. Hopefully. And hopefully you got all the pieces that you need. Something like that. Something like it, but there's no consensus, really. Even though we've presumed a consensus, this is also the time of year where our our well-honed judgments are always thrown into question by outlier opinions and things that people make up. I think that Merrill Hodge made it safe for people to come outside. I really do. I think that there are a lot of people that I'm are like... Spartacus! Yes, now everyone is Spartacus. <laughs> yep. I think there are a lot of people like, well, you know, this guy says that he's generational and that guy says he's Patrick Mahomes. I don't know if I should give my opinion about it. I think Merrill Hodge kind of opened up the door for people to be like, I have some questions about things. So I think that's where we are. And I think that that's good. I think there should be there should be great dialogue about what Caleb Williams is and I imagine we'll find out this week because like, he is getting weighed and stuff, right? We'll find out how tall he is. He and weighed and measured. You found wanting. He'll 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 be measured. Measured. We got weights and fit. There we go. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm sure Bryce Young had ball bearings in his pockets. You're just glad to see me. Oh, he didn't have to swallow them. Well, I don't think so. He had to wrap them in walleye fillets first. He walked out there in an MLB uniform. Did you? Meanwhile, speaking of which, <laughs> apparently the Kansas City Royals just got special dispensation to go back to the old tackle twill nameplates. Well, you know what that means. I know who who now get sure because Chris. Wait a second. If they could do it, we they got a dietitian. We got a humdinger of a dietitian now. And now you're already Royals. So wait a second. So MLB trots out this whole plan with Nike and Fanatics and we're redoing it and thereby the and one team is like, uh, excuse me, we don't like it. Can we go back to the old uniforms? Sure. What are you doing? Every team should just say that. Of course. Everything like, yeah. Or not. or even better, we're just gonna start wearing them. Or we're gonna get our own supplier. Cause and it's gonna be like Legion Ball. Because this is terrible. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, the, the major league The biggest story about Spring training is the uniforms. That's very bad. It's very bad when I learned the phrase, as I learned just now, tackle twill nameplates. This, this is what we're talking about? Can we get back to football, please? It's Major League Baseball. Mm-hmm. It's not Cape Cod League. It's not Legion Ball. It's not Summer League. It's not 
Caribbean League. It's Major League Baseball. And you have individual teams refusing to wear the uniforms that you have provided. I honestly like I, I maybe when I go back down to AZ, I'll I'll do this. I would love to know when players got to their lockers and they saw and think about think about like a guy like P. Crow Armstrong. Now he was at the majors, but the idea of I'm at Major League Camp this year. This is gonna be awesome. I'm gonna show up at Sloan and my my jersey's gonna be hanging in my locker stall. And he walks in and he's like, why could everybody see through my pants? Right. What is this bleep? Mm-hmm. What is this? Mm-hmm. Are you guys playing a joke on me? Sorry, it's hilarious. It really, it really, that MLB lies about it. It's all the same as last year. Schmovit. Everything's the same. And you didn't see any of this. You saw last nothing. Of right. what? Yeah, we see everything. That's the problem. <laughs> So which football opinion do you want to play first? Why don't we save the boomer? Because the boomer is a little bit more um, inflammatory. Okay. So how about David Sivertson? Yeah, let's hear from him what he says and how he's got the quarterbacks ranked. It's tough for me to really talk about personality and, and there's stuff that you hear about here and there because, but I'll tell you what, I, I don't know Caleb as a person. I don't want to go too deep down that path. A lot of our evaluation just comes from the tape and, and Caleb Williams to me, I think the one thing that just knocked him down a little bit is what I call, is what I call backyard football. Uh, he takes that snap and he kind of just runs around. He's such a better athlete than everyone chasing him. Um, that's not going to be the case in the NFL. Um, if you want a very simple example, I mean, his offensive line did him no favors in 2023, but the amount of times that he's just running backwards, right? I mean, that's a very simple thing to watch on tape. It doesn't work in the NFL. And he's going to have to maneuver his way through the pocket, north, east, west, not just run backwards and try to outrun everyone. It just that, that part of his game, that the scrambling, right? What, what we like most about Caleb is his ability to perform off schedule, create on his own, but it's going to be hard for him to create on his own the way which he did it at USC. Um, and you, you watch the contrast with Jaden Daniels, how he does it. He's a much better, quicker processor of information. He doesn't mind taking the singles and doubles. He's not always going for the home run call. As bad as that offensive line was at USC, when you truly watch play to play, snap to snap, week to week with Caleb, he does leave a lot on the table because he's always trying to make that big play. And I think it puts him and his team in a bad position. I mean, the 33 fumbles and 31 stars is a number that we just can't have at the next level. So I think this is fascinating, David, because one of the things I really respect and and love about our lads is that it's immune to groupthink. You guys make your own determination and you're based on evaluation and and watching a lot of tape and, and history here. But I will, I will yeah. only challenge this. In yep. Chicago, dropping Caleb to QB2 is seismic. It is huge. <laughs> it is because of everything about the direction of the franchise related on this one pick and all the other consensus of, of a lot of executives saying that he is the guy, the best quarterback since Andrew Luck to come into the draft. So I guess when you look at that reality, and you know it exists, would mm-hmm. the Bears be making a mistake if they pick Caleb Williams number one overall? A mistake, no, because I would say let's keep this basic, right? If you bring in Caleb or Jaden to number one overall to replace Justin Fields and you go get a pick for him, 
you're basically, in my opinion, you're not downgrading at quarterback. And what, what you are doing is you are restarting that rookie contract clock. So in the game of economics, when it comes to building a roster, it's a smart decision to get one of these guys in there. And if your flavor of quarterback is Caleb Williams and you're just getting drawn in by that superstar high upside, um, it, it's, it's a really easy decision to make. I mean, if you're going to ask me who has a higher ceiling, it's Caleb Williams. It's a matter of whether he can – can you put the right pieces around him similar to what Kansas city did with Patrick Mahomes? And if you remember back in 2017, what did he do? He sat for a year, right? He didn't play year one. Is Chicago okay with that? Because I'll tell you what, there is so much Caleb needs to work on in his game and it's going to be really hard to keep him on the sideline. But I think that would be the right decision is to keep him on the sideline for at least half the year. But I would even prefer about two thirds of the, of his rookie season to let him refine some of the points of his game that need work instead of trying to get him to learn on the fly. And you know, that that's, that's where I think there's going to be some confusion in the Chicago market and the pressure that that front office feels, because we all know what's going to happen draft night. If that name comes across the screen, Jaden Daniels and not Caleb Williams, there's going to be a lot of boo birds, but I'll tell you what, Keep the receipts on that because Jaden Daniels is going to be a player. It's going to be more than boo birds. That's Dave Sivertson of Our Lads Scouting Services. I think that what Dave said, there's a lot of reason in it. It's it's a reasonable position. The problem is that it it hasn't felt like there's been room for anything, like any critical discussion of Caleb Williams without there being a severe pushback from people that – think he is the next Patrick Mahomes my feeling has been throughout this whole process I think that he's similar to the quarterback that you already have maybe in a smaller package I do think that he has more upside as a passer than Justin and that's okay but I too have concerns about some some of those things you worry about with Justin like the fumbles for example is he a product of a system, and he, he might be the best product of that system ever, but is he the product of a system that doesn't necessarily make for great NFL quarterbacks? I don't think that there's any chance, any zero, I think there's zero chance that Caleb Williams is a bust. But that doesn't mean that there's a long way between, oh, this guy's going to play in, in the NFL for a long time versus he's one of the greatest that's ever played the game. And worth doing everything we're talking about doing. So let's hear from Boomer Esiason. Okay. On WFAN. Yeah, we're fighting with them. We are. New York media versus Chicago media. Uh, no, no, please. No, that's, what I, that's what I heard. They're a lot tougher Why? on Justin. And we are. Right. Okay, so here's, someone said that. Here's what he had to say about what it would mean to not take Caleb Williams. Something's going on though because this Justin Fields thing continues to swirl out in Chicago, and it doesn't would, matter. It's over. I, I if you listen to what's going on out there, it doesn't sound like it's completely over. It doesn't. They're, right, they're, it's I, over. Uh, I mean, it should be over. It's over. This, they're taking this kid right here, and if they don't take this kid, then Ryan Paul should be fired. Yeah. I mean, I. I, I mean, you got to you got to restart the quarterback clock. You got all the assets from the trades that you've made. Um, you're sitting pretty. You kept your head coach. You got a new offensive coordinator in there. 
you know, you could you could say that they they should have hired Cliff Kingsbury, but he ended up going to Washington. Cale Williams is from Washington D.C. Well, well, here, but here's all right. So this is the the thing when I say something's going yeah. on, and you just touched on it. And if you're the number one overall pick, you go to whatever team. So all right, so he's he's got Cliff Kingsbury down there with the Commanders. That's right, right, and he's yep. from the from the area, right. And they've got a new ownership group, so it's not Dan Snyder. Do we see him pull and Eli Manning? So, but here's the thing. You know what? Caleb, don't go home. Go go to Chicago. Go they are loaded and they're gonna be good and they're gonna and they have all these different assets. And, you know, you, you're gonna have a good defense. They've added a number of offensive uh playmakers over the last two years. Uh DJ Moore, I know, did come out and support Justin Fields, that you know, there's no but in this quarterback class, like Justin Fields, says, well, well, wait until you start playing with, you know, Caleb Williams. You'll find somebody that is. Yep. And, you know, when, and when I say by can't miss and I, and I think about height, size, weight, arm strength, uh, football intuition, you know, to me, that's more Andrew Luck than it is Joe Burrow. You know what I mean? I, he's, he, Andrew was, you know, a terrific uh, prospect coming out who was just as mobile as Caleb is, same type of arms, same type of understanding of the game, the intuition of the game, all of those things. Now, Andrew was a great young man. Didn't seem like he can't, you know, was, was, was acting as if he was privileged to be the number one pick. I think he ap- appreciated and, uh, and loved being the number one pick. What you trying to say? I hope that Caleb Williams doesn't screw this thing up. Yeah, I could totally see the stuff that we've heard from his camp over the last year or so. I could What's totally that? see him trying to force him. If he wants to play in Washington and wants to be a, a member of the... I mean, it's weird. It's still weird to say the commanders. But he wants to be a commander. Don't do it. Uh, then then I, I wouldn't be shocked if... I would not be shocked if he don't, tried to pull something there. Go to Chicago and resurrect that franchise. This is... Uh, I, in my eyes, I know that they have not won a lot. But to me, it's still one of the few legacy franchises in the NFL. It, there's something about being a Chicago Bear. Now, on the defense side of the ball, there's great history there. There's 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 lore there, if you will. Uh, at the quarterback position, not so much. And he can set every single franchise record, and he should. He should want to go there, and he should want to play there, and he should want to lead that team. All right. What, what did he mean by appreciative? You know what he meant. Come on. I didn't like that. Oh, of course you didn't. I really didn't like that. That's, His flag. That's unseemly. And my thing is, even if Caleb didn't want to come to the Bears, that's not him not appreciating being the number one pick. Quite the opposite. Right, that's him appreciating the power that he has. Correct. With everything you're saying about him, why should he just be like, why, thank you, sir, for bringing me here. I Thank you so much. I'm so appreciative, sir. Yep. Mm-mm. Was that like your Jim Crow voice thing that I'm, you were doing? I'm there? not sure. I was. I was. I, I didn't want to do it too over the top. I'd say just go back to country Dan. Well, thank you so much, sir. I'm, I appreciate it very much. I look forward to the opportunity to be the quarterback. <laughs> what there it if is. Caleb Williams did talk <laughs> like that. It would be great. It's like Randy Moss. <laughs> I mean, it would be great. That's what Randy Moss is like. Oh, there's been a lot of videos lately of uh, White Chocolate talking about his his trials and tribulations as a basketball player, and it's still wild to me 
that guy was on the same basketball team with Randy Moss. Right. And they both so country. I know. <laughs> like, just. And, and former Bear Bobby Howard. He was on that team, too. Right. I think I saw Bobby a few weeks ago. Like, y'all country. Like, hear both of them talk. Even now, like, when, when he's on uh, NFL Live, and he's like, all right, Miss Ponder. And I'm just like, you're so country. Moss? Oh, my. He did an interview. Like, he, he's on his fishing boat. He's on his bass boat. And he will do interviews. Straight cash, homie. Right, while, while he's on his bass boat somewhere. I just, I appreciate him so much. Oh, he's great. Because he's just himself. Mm-hmm. But anyway, getting back to Boomer. Um, what 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 is I, that is well he wants ryan poles fired if he doesn't what if ryan poles makes another deal like he made this year or a better one because it's a better quarterback prospect you still want him fired after that i think that the point was if he does that and then caleb ends up being awesome but that justin continues about where he's at but that's the whole point of what ryan poles said today is that none of this is going to be based on fear that whatever choice they take, if they take Caleb Williams and they trade Justin Fields, we're not scared that he might turn into a Pro Bowl quarterback. If they keep Justin Fields and they trade the picks, we're not afraid that he's the the next C.J. Stroud. We're going to be happy with what we get back, and then we're going to build around our team. The other thing I would take issue with with Boomer they have one playmaker on offense. Let's not act as if the Bears have a collection of playmakers on offense. They got one for sure. And then there's a lot of question Don't marks. Don't ask Shane Waldron because he can't identify any but of them. That's, but that's part, that's part of it. That's part of the reason that Shane Waldron acted like that. Because they're really they're, there's three guys that you can talk about. You can talk about Darnell Wright. You can talk about DJ Moore. You can talk about Cole Komet. That's it. And I, I think Cole Komet's a pretty good player. I don't know if I would be like, oh, well, he's the he's very good tacos. Exactly. That's exactly what it, he's Pepe's tacos. Cole Komet is very good tacos. That might be the move tonight. Straight cash, homie. That's right, Moss. Tell you, we had tacos Saturday night that were just fantastic. Oh, so they weren't from Pepe's. They were fantastic tacos, right? They were just very good tacos. No, this is was this tacos and tequila. Tacos, tequilas, and Ray's neighborhood, man. I gotta get, I gotta get over there. Oh, man. It's so good. I've been hitting up the duplex, Lawrence. I gotta get over. I, tacos gotta, and tequilas I haven't now. been to duplex for brunch in a minute. I'm, that might be the move this weekend. I head over there, see what's going on. That's the spot, man. Every time you show up someplace, there's some weird story that goes yeah, on. Yeah, I though, ran Ray. In, Did you you ran into John Suntress over the weekend? I did. I, I just did. I saw him yesterday. I did. I meant to say that. Good yesterday. to see my man Shaky <laughs> out right. here in these streets. You want to talk about someone who's really involved in comic books? Oh no, he's that's his job. Yeah, like, that's that's a that's a real dude. I was pissed at him because he stole my move at the grocery store. Because. Nuts. No, he stole my move because onions, baby onions, onions. No, it's there's two kinds of carts. There's the the the, the, the city cart and the the I, suburban, right? The, yeah. the wagon and the two tiered sports car. Yeah, big they, time onions, onions. The I love the, the the city cart. I love the sports Early car. Onions and and you but you got to go to the cart corral 
to get it because there's never any in the store. And you got to one of these unwieldy, squeaky wagons moving around. And I saw him. I said, you got one of the good carts. He's like, yeah, well, I, I go to the cart corral. I pick it up. Ah, darn it. You're one step ahead of me, Suntress. She's like, you're Newman? <laughs> Newman. Newman. Because like, there's only like three of those carts in the entire thing. I don't know what happens to them. I don't know people steal them. I don't know where they're going. But you got to have one of those. Yep. I'm 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 here for the the Mini Cooper. That's exactly what it is. I drove one. I, I hadn't driven one ever, but I drove one the last time I was in, in Arizona. I really liked it. Now you feel everything because it's so low to the ground. Don't you feel vulnerable too? Yes. Like these trucks it's, whizzing it's, by you. It's you're very gonna, different. You're gonna because lose any collision you're in because I I drive an SUV here. It's a very different feel. Just like you know. And there's a lot of trucks out in AZ. Like, yeah, a I, know. Ton. I know. But I really enjoy it. I also, I didn't. Meanwhile, how do we get into work now? I figured it out. You want to know how? Well, I guess this, this will work for you. Because I've been. What's going, closed off? Everything. everything. It's all down to one lane. Columbus is closed off. It's down to one lane. Randolph, Randolph is, is one, one lane. lane. So this morning, I went around. That's I usually do. I usually go down and then to. I, I went down Wacker. And then turned into the parking lot. Instead of getting on Columbus, like you just had I, to. But I can't get if I'm coming south. I can't get off at Wacker. I'd have to. I have to. You can get off at. You can get off Grand, at Grand, forget right? It, forget it. It's backed up all the way coming south. Like oh, three yeah. three lanes deep. Just get make your way to Lower Wacker. That's the that's the answer. That's always the answer. Yeah, I know, but that's blocked off. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, actually Block, blocked off from getting like, on on Lake. Like, Maybe I should just start taking Lower Wacker in because I I take it to get over to NBC in like three minutes. Yeah, I got to figure out something new because every every time I solve something, they throw up another literal roadblock. They are there. It's very it's a lot to get in, but I did I did Turo for the first time to rent a car. Yeah, it was really cool because the you know it's spring training, so if you try to rent a car in Arizona right now, good luck. Mm -hmm. It's probably going to cost you like. $500 $500 for a weekend and stuff. And I did Turo and it was like a third of the cost. It was great. And I got to like choose a cool car. I was like, oh, I've never driven a Mini. I'm going to drive a Mini. I was driving a Mini. Was, was like, it named after Mr. T? Turo? Like the way he spells his original last name? No. That would be cool if it were. I don't think so. So you're a real man in a real rental car. Well, Mother's Day is coming up, so we'll have to bring back his rap. Damn right. When there we is return, no other. <laughs> mother, like there mother. Is, no, there is no other. We've got the latest breakdown of the third base battle in Cubs camp. Craig Council has thoughts. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm getting an update on us and traffic. Oh, from whom? Neil Fiorito? No, from Duran. From from former score person Kai Martin. Oh. Well, we have our own traffic people here. I know, but Kai is... They're, they're big fans of the Kai show. Kai has got score DNA, and clearly she's a big fan of the show because she was listening. Okay, Kai, she's, help. She says Streeterville has messed up for a long time. I did this story yesterday with CDOT. Then she just sent us a crying emoji. Well, what the hell? <laughs> Thanks a lot. That doesn't help at all. <laughs> That's the opposite of help. That's just saying, oh, you also have problems yeah, getting here. Sucks yeah. for you. You're, gonna, you're not going to be able to get in. Doesn't it help you feel better that it, you're not the only one? It's nice uh-huh. to it's nice to know that people are thinking about us. See, there you go. And, yeah, and she great. wants Thanks she, for listening. She wants to get in on the misery. Yeah, but I thought she know. was going to say, hey, by the way, here's your 
Here's your workaround. Yeah. Misery business. No, I actually think I'm going to try that tomorrow, studs. I'm just because I'm not people. Some people are afraid of Lower Wacker. I am not. No, oh, the crime. Love. The crime in Lower Wacker. <laughs> not the crime. crime. Not. Oh, you're you're going to Tokyo drift into work? Hell yeah. Okay. Shout out to Han. You know Han's from a black family. I mean, we kind of knew, but now we like know. He's raised by a black stepdad. And I was like, that all checks out. Rick Hall? Not, well, maybe. I don't know. Because that'd be a story. It's possible. Rick's got a little bit of soul, I think. Yeah, he's quoted Jay-Z before yeah. in some of his answers. Maybe maybe, right. maybe there is a, a an honorary black stepfather for Rick Hot. <laughs> I, I, I imagine sure his parents are together, but yeah. maybe there was someone in his life that acted as his honorary no, his, black stepdad. No, because his dad used to work with my uncle. They were partners together. Maybe it was your uncle. Was no. your Is this one of the blacks? It is. That, see, there you it go. Is. It see, is. See, it all comes full circle. It is indeed. So and there actually, it is. Rick had a black as a stepfather. <laughs> well, no, he, and he used to tell my, honorary. my uncle used to tell the story that they were at uh, a, a, one of their firm uh, outings or like get-togethers in Highland Park at a big house with a, and, the, and the yard backed up to the ravine. Yard. It backed up to one of these ravines, and he saw out of the corner of his eye this three this toddler in a diaper just take off running toward the ravine. Isn't that a Chappelle skit? And he ran over and 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 is just like sweat to run just because this toddler just heedless and and carefree. And it was Nick Madrigal. And he, he ran. He scooped him up. He grabbed him by the, like the back of the diaper and pulled him back. And that was future Sox general manager Rick Hahn. See, there you go. Um, <laughs> Howard Stern had Jack Black on his show. And he's, he he said to him, "Have you always been a black?" <laughs> And he said, yes, but I haven't always been Jack. That's right. He's Thomas Jacob Black. And his mother helped design one of the systems that so the saved space the Apollo 13, Apollo 13 astronauts. She was one of the top design engineers. We're sorry, studs. We're just going to do stupid stuff today until we hear from Matt Eberflus. Okay, that's enough. Well, Craig, yeah, Council Craig Council is next on the score. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Bernstein and Holmes, your midday destination for Chicago sports talk on 670 The Score. Cool. 
We got a third base battle that's been joined. Christopher Morell is being handed that third base glove and he's being taught. And helping him out is your guy, Nikki Five Tools. Because he's he not only can he run, field, throw, hit, and hit for power, he can coach too. No one ever said that he wasn't good in the clubhouse. This is according to Craig Council. Nick's in a spot where and he's gonna, he just we're asking Nick to earn earn what he's gonna have to do. Um, obviously, he he made a, a transition to play some third base. He played it very well defensively. Like that matters. Like his defensive ability at third base absolutely matters. Um, you know when you make out a lineup. I said again, it's, it's your defense and your offense that go into the like you know who's playing that day. Um, so. Gonna give Chris a shot. We've been clear with that. We're gonna give Chris a shot. Um, you know, and, and the best players, the best player for the Cubs is gonna be out of third base. And then Nick's, Nick's like that's a, a spot Nick's been in his life before, and he gets that. That's not a real vociferous vote of confidence for your guy. Well, Nick understands that. Uh, he's gotta prove that he can play there. I really appreciate that that's the approach that Craig Council is taking. As do I. Because it kind of felt like thumbs were on scales last year for Nick Madrigal to play third base. And then you'd ask people around the Cubs, and you're like, well, you know he takes like five steps to throw the ball to first base. Oh, it's fine. But you know he's a totally different player. He's a totally different player than he was. So I'm, I'm glad that that's the way it should be. And they have to weigh, is Morell's defense going to be good enough that his offense will matter more than having Madrigal, who you know is not going to be a big offensive producer for you? Can is it, is it worth more than the level of defense that he can provide? We've got High Noon coming up next. I, I, I'm having a barbecue sauce crisis. I just sent mine to Ray. Sorry. I'm I'm having a crisis. I don't, I don't yeah, know what you, to do. Something... You and Studs were bonding over this. And it was yeah, weird. but I need I need help. I, I don't know what's going on. No, I'll just say, like, I, this isn't as complicated for me as it is for him. Uh, th- that's that's Dan's life in a nutshell. I got to figure he this out. He makes the mundane very complicated. These things are important to me. I get it, but it doesn't have to be an existential crisis. You could just just another tricky day. For Dan me. looks like he's staring into the abyss right now. It's I, uh, sucks. Here's what here's what I need you to do. See, my mom would write a letter as well. We see back in the day, when, like when they changed shake and bake, or when remember when they got rid of noodles Romanoff. Remember when no, Stouffer's not as old when as Stouffer's you. discontinued noodles Romanoff, and we had the spokesman. It was like right at the start of the Boards and Bernstein show, and we had the spokes person on from Stouffer's who I had to have explained to me why they were discontinuing noodles Romanoff. You know what the answer was? I was the only person in the country buying it. Well, my hope is that. And that was a good reason to discontinue it. I miss it to this day terribly. As the MCU evolves, that noodles Romanoff finds her way back to the Avengers. That, that's Wanda? No. That's, what's her last name? Maximoff. Ah, Maximoff. Sorry. Which is also this is Black Widow's other sister, Noodles. Noodles, yeah, she had a little drug problem for a while, I think. Noodles, Romanoff. Yeah, she went went to a bunch of colleges and 
Here's here's that what took I a gap year. Here's what I'd like for you to do. Okay, what? This is just for me, not even for the listener. What? When we have the discussion about your barbecue crisis. I'm it, not agreeing to any any preconditions in hold, the discussion of the barbecue crisis. Hold on, hold on. Let, hear me out. It has to be his country dance. No, 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 no. That was that's perfect no. for him. No, it's not actually. It's actually not because North Carolina I barbecue know. is totally different, and that's not barbecue sauce. Why can't you ever have fun? It's not time for that. It's time. High noon is entirely it's, serious. It's time for serious breakdown. Serious business and fishy business. He'll be on the show probably on Friday. We'll tell Adam Hodge to come back on Tuesday. Why are you torturing studs today? <laughs> I'm sorry, studs. We need to take a break. High Noon is next here on The Score. Bernstein and Holmes. Jason Goff is here in studio with us. We go from Zion Williamson, John Morant, <laughs> to spinning on finely tailored suits. Hey. getting yelled at for dancing. <laughs> on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. The Bernstein and Holmes show at its finest. Yeah, right it's here. what we do, Jay. It's what we're doing over here. I'll be back this way on Monday. We'll settle this then. Right there, out in the street, in front of the Palace Saloon. Yeah, right. When? High noon. Happy high noon on this Tuesday. We started out by turning around what Ryan Poles had to say at the Combine. Not a lot of news in there, but he was in good spirits. He sounded confident. He sounded like he was prepared for every question that he got. Nothing caught him off guard. And he expressed optimism that a deal would be done soon with Jalen Johnson. Sometimes that is a, a tactic, as Matt Eberflus would describe. Tactics. Being having tactics that he would... Put it out there to try to force some movement from the opposite side of the table, but it sounds like that he's he knows that he's in the proverbial catbird seat at the moment as the head of the Chicago Bears. We did some quarterback ranking, and we also heard Craig Council talking about what's going on at third, and he stopped short of a ringing endorsement of Nick Madrigal, which is fine he, in my he, book. He, he stopped very Our short, short yes. of that being the case. It's time. You know, one place that you don't expect nepotism to rear its ugly head is the Ivy League. I mean, yeah, for, for centuries, this has been a bastion of equality and people getting merit. opportunities based on merit. Entirely based on merit. Well. That's why you get a bunch of brain-dead inbreeds coming out of there. Ryan Fitzpatrick would like to let you know that the reason he ended up at Harvard was because... There was some nepotism going on at another Ivy League school. I took three trips, recruiting visits, Eastern Washington. I went to Harvard and I went to Princeton. And so I believe I went to Princeton before Harvard um, on the trip. I have a great time. We're on the flight back and my dad, who was there with me, says to me, you're not going here. And I was like, what do you, I mean, what do you mean, dad? I mean, I had, I had a good time. I liked it. You know, I want to see what Harvard has to offer, but and by offer, I don't mean NIL and money because there's there's none of that, just campus life, all that. And he said, well, the, the defensive coordinator came up to me during the visit, Coach Verbit, and said, uh, listen, your son, he can come here, but he'll never play because my son's going to be the quarterback. And so sure enough, Coach Verbit's son gets to be the Princeton quarterback for the next four years. And I decided to go to Harvard, it was Harvard's for the next four years and got to play each, uh, against each other a little bit. But 
I had never seen that as a recruiting tactic for, you know, a coordinator to say, don't let your son come here. He'll never play. But that's how they do it. We get down and dirty in the Ivy League, you know? That was on Ryan Rosillo's <laughs> podcast. Now I need to connect the dots. Did that other quarterback replace Kyle Brandt? Because wasn't Kyle Brandt the Princeton quarterback? Was he the starter? We get down and dirty in the Ivy League, you know? And when was when was Bill Lazor at Cornell? Pew, pew, pew. But yeah, that's that's what ended up happening to to poor Ryan Fitzpatrick. And then he went to Harvard and everyone's like, he went to Harvard. So it worked out for everyone. The Conan O'Brien bit. And you went to Harvard. Uncle Conan got his head stuck in my dollhouse again. <laughs> and you went to Harvard. I got a craving for sticky barbecued grilled chicken thighs. You got a fever for some cowbell? I wanted some grilled chicken thighs, and I wanted barbecued chicken thighs. And sometimes I do them inside, and, and they're fine, but I thought, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to grill. And now tonight, I don't know if I can grill, but I had a whole existential crisis last because night. Because of the tornadoes that are coming? Right. So first, I, I'm at Mariano's. I'm like, all right, let me get some barbecue sauce. And my regular default, not I'm not fancy, but I know what I like. I know the ingredients that I like. I know the flavor profile that I like. And I know how it sticks to the meat. So I don't like a sauce where the first ingredient is high fructose corn syrup. Fair. So I have found that the inexpensive craft slow-simmered hickory smoke is my go-to. I don't like mesquite. I don't like the, the honey... And, I'm, and it's not there. I'm like, oh, they're sold out. And then I look for the tag. I'm like, there's no tag for it there. Oh, you mean like it's it's not it's even not on the stock, shelf. Right, it's not stocked anymore. So I'm like, oh, shoot. This, this Mariano's is, oh, well, okay. I guess I'll go across the street. Okay. So I got everything else that I needed. Threw that in my car, walked over to Jewel. And I said, all right, I'll just go get it here. And I'm looking. I'm like, okay, craft. <gasps> There's no tag for the slow simmered hickory smoke craft there either. Like, what the hell, man? Did you start like then looking on the internet? Well, no. I'm stand. I needed. I, I still at the time thought I was going to make my chicken thighs. I bought the chicken thighs. I bought my Stouffer's mac and cheese. I, I knew what I had it in mind. What I wanted. So I'm like, I'm going to need a barbecue sauce. And then I'm looking, and now I'm in hell because look, I know that I'm not going. To, there's with you. Don't the, have a backup sauce. I hadn't, I hadn't needed one. Some of the others are too sweet, or they're too corn syrupy, or the the top line ones are too damn expensive. They're like $9 for this crazy stuff, and I don't need that. I'm fairly simple. I know exactly the flavor profile I like, and I don't need a million different confusing, this is Texas heat, and this, you know what, and, and I just, I went on ingredients, and... The, what it what I looked like the flavor profile was, and I can't believe I ended up buying this. I even I turned I, when I got home, I turned the label around and I held up to Beth and I said, "You're not going to believe what barbecue sauce I had to buy," and she said, "Oh no, it's not Bobby Flay, is it?" And I said, "It's worse." You went to Flavor Town. I went to Flavor Town. I think that's Why better. is that a bad thing? That's I don't what I, know. I, I, what is Guy good. Fieri 
ever I know, he's done. Fine. He's fine. I just, he lives I, his best life. Know, he helps with the small he businesses helps just, because, all the just time. because his hair know, looks weird. I ne- and I people love think his show. he's a weirdo. I never thought I would Seems buy like one nice of his. Seems like a nice enough guy. I never thought I would buy one of his products. And I, I think tonight's going to be the night, and I'm going to try it because I bailed last night because I just lost my taste for it. The whole Michigas made me lose my desire for chicken thighs? To, to have chicken thighs. What's the thighs. with you? I, I, I just didn't. I just, I just lost it. So chicken I will say I've had, so I've I, had this one day, and it's good. It's it. This is the Guy Fieri Kansas City style. Yes. And I was and I was reading all of the ingredients. I'm like, yes, yes, yes. You know, tomato puree, natural smoke flavor. You didn't garlic. even you didn't like try like a teaspoonful or I haven't anything. Yet, I haven't opened it. I just looked at the order of the ingredients and what the ingredients were, and I thought, yeah, I can trust it. And and I'm I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna try it because the others just especially in this town, there have been some brands that are way overrepresented on shelves because of the politics of of everything. Yeah. Here. Big barbecue. Hey, man. No, the politics of getting stuff on, on shelves in Kroger and Albertsons is is a sharp well, elbow, tough r- business. R- right now, that's a big thing it, in politics. It is. The Kroger Albertson Well, that, thing. Yeah, that should not be allowed to happen. That, yeah, because that, it's called a monopoly. Yeah, that needs to be stopped, and I hope it is stopped. But I, I will I will report on this. I don't know if I'm going to do inside or outside tonight, depending on the weather. I, but if, if, you, if you do do this and you try it tonight you need to come back tomorrow for high noon and give a, a report because maybe you're a new citizen of Flavortown. i might be i might be so have your review ready if you do do this tonight we'll do that is high noon we do it every day around this time we let you know what's going on when we come back we're gonna get back into some hardcore bears conversation want to know why because matt eberflus is still rocking his beard and it looks great and he talked at the Combine. So you're going to hear what the head coach of the Bears has to say about the quarterback situation next on The Score. This hour is brought to you by Vasectomy Clinics of Chicago. Are you expecting a busier Combine than usual? Like I'm imagining you're going to be a pretty popular guy this week. Everybody yeah. wants to buy you dinner and yeah. talk about all these different assets that you might trade. I mean, is it going to be a different Combine for you? Yeah, it feels that way. Yeah. Has it already started? Oh, yeah, my phone won't stop. <laughs> how, 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 are people, how aggressive are people with fishing for information from other teams to see what you want to do with that? Yeah, it's, you know, it starts slow. We were at the Senior Bowl. I know people are kind of poking around. They're, I haven't had, like, big-time conversations with anyone, uh, but everyone wants to, you know, take a temperature of what's going on. Bears general manager Ryan Poles meeting the media in Indianapolis, the site of the NFL scouting combine, the pre-draft combine. I wonder how Poles handicaps that. Like all the people that want to get in front of him and talk to him, like how do you prioritize this type? His FaceTime is valuable in Indianapolis. the order in which, I mean, do you do it in, the the way I understand at least with other NFL teams talking trade, that that is via text mostly, and that's an ongoing organic process, not a formal one. Where hey, that you know, that sounds good. Can you sweeten that a little bit? Or I'm going to go back to him, and you have, you have your your proxies, you have your seconds and your thirds doing a lot of that work for you. It doesn't not everything is brought to you. If things rise to a certain level. They obviously are run by you, and they say, "Hey, here, where where are we on this? Where are we on this? Where are we on this?" And he has lieutenants doing a lot of that stuff, probing, 
asking, keeping tabs on stuff. Yeah, but but I wonder like who who does who does get the dinner with Ryan Poles? Who, who gets the I'll, I'll meet you for a drink with Ryan Poles? Who gets the, the 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 talk and walk and the stop and chat? Yeah, and how do you prioritize the folks that want to talk to you about Justin Fields versus the folks that want to talk to you about the number one pick? It's a great question. To the, the actual nuts and bolts of that, Yar, of what you're, of how you, in a finite amount of time, you're like, today I want to be closer on this. Right. Today, think, I'll, today I'll talk with the Falcons and the Steelers and see what they got going on. Yeah, right. And, and Tampa and, Bay. But the point is, it, it, there's so many moving parts because everybody's priorities and scouting reports are going to change based on not just their film work, but these measurements and these interviews. You could have a guy who people do fall on boards internally because of a bad interview or they're late to something or they're found late at night tonight in the barn with a bunch of farm animals. These things happen. Wow. And it, and it, things do change on the fly. I just think it would be like that's that's something that I'd, you'll never find out, but I'd love to know. That's the stuff Josh Lucas tells you about. Yeah, like we find that out, you know, after the fact. But then it's like for polls, you also then have to be careful of meeting with Tampa Bay and Pittsburgh and Atlanta because they're probing you for information too. Because then it's like, oh well, polls is shopping fields. They're clearly going to take the number one pick. They're going to take. They're using. They're going to take Caleb. Meanwhile, you're like, I've I've decided nothing. I would like to hear from the commanders and Denver and Atlanta on, on that particular subject. And what 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 can you offer me if you want to get here to, to number one? So it just seems like a it seems like a lot to do. It it also seems kind of fun. Like you need to make sure that you get the prioritization of this right it can also affect you because the human psychology is affected by primacy and recency that's real that's real even if you're aware of it even if you are trying you you have people who you're telling to remind you to guard against it Hmm. primacy and recency are real the first thing that you see or hear and the last the most recent thing you have seen or heard there's all kinds of stuff that goes on with that. We used to always talk about it at speech tournaments. And my coaches would be like, well, against this judge, you want to go first. But against this judge, you want to go last. Because they had all their tendencies of where they would slot certain performances based on where you went in the round. Man, you guys can't even make speech fun. Oh, it was that was intense, man. It wasn't supposed to be fun. There was a lot of pressure. Are you kidding? Those, days, those, were, those were long, difficult days of having to be funny. That was that was that was hard work. That wasn't fun. It's fun when you won. Winning is fun. Fun it's is fun, winning. Fun is winning and winning is yeah. If you don't come. If you don't. You're not bringing a trophy home on that bus. It's not fun. We should probably reach out to Ozzy over the next couple of days too. I, I'd like to know about his latest trophy that he won. Good for Ozzy. I mean, other than was the that- thing that happened at the Marlins. Like he, whatever that was, and he's putting that one guy on blast. I'm sure that guy deserved he said it. Said something to his wife. I'm and, sure that yeah, guy deserved it. Put him out there. But but that right there is like documentary worthy to me. Like that's 
Ozzy's trip to the Caribbean World Series, like that's winning it. That's that's documentary worthy. Uh, full disclosure, by the way, we are doing some audio work here. We have the Matt Eberflus press conference, but the initial audio that we got. We need to boost it so that you can hear the questions right. that are being the asked. The first audio that we got, the, the questions were inaudible, which makes the. Uh, it you, makes we, the whole point of right. the exercise <laughs> not fun for you. So our guys are going back and they're raising gains and all sorts of other stuff. Not raising cane, but. We got top men on it. We're working on a plan. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I know they're top men. I can see them. I know the exact men who are involved. So, so that's why we're we want to make sure you can hear it, or else there's really no point of us playing it. Yeah, but Flus is looking good. He's still rocking the the beard. I wonder if this is a lifestyle choice. You know that you know last year I went through a little bit of that, and I grew out the beard and kept it for six months. I kept the beard, and I was like, I don't like this anymore. It's a lifestyle. Like, you got to, there's stuff you got to do. Oh, you're not like Shane where you like apply various oils and you have products. To ma- you and- have to maintain it like you would maintain your hair. <laughs> and especially for those of us that get ingrown hairs and you have to do yeah, I stuff one. for I, it. I did self-surgery on one of those yesterday. Popped it? No. Like, I had, to, I had a Swiss Army knife out and Beth came upstairs. There's blood all over the place. And she's like, what are you doing? She said, what, is, what are you doing? And I had like all the, like this bloody towel and everything. And I said, well, I had an ingrown hair. And she's like, well, I don't think you're supposed to do that. Yeah, I don't think so either. Um, a pair of I, tweezers would be fine. I started with the tweezers, but then I it wasn't like the, 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 the incision wasn't big enough. And I wasn't sure because I, I couldn't see in there well enough. So I had to move the light. And then I got the Swiss Army knife out and sanitized it. And then just was kind of rooting around in there go, for a while. Did you go boiling water or did you go flame? No, it's sanit- hand sanitizer. Oh, hand sanitizer. Yeah, it was right there. And I think I got it. I'm not 100% sure, but I lost a lot of blood. I'm just waiting for the day where I show up to a meeting. And it's just me, Studs, and Ray. And I'm like, well, what happened to Dan? Well, Dan's usually here first. Oh, he, he offed himself trying to get rid of him. Ingrown hair. Well, it might have been. It could have been close because I, I was kind of like if, if I had sneezed or something, I might not be here right now. But you got to do what you got to do because once you get started, you're already you know you're already bleeding. <laughs> what There's, is it? Pringles. What? Once you pop, you can't stop. Yeah, I mean, once 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 you're going, you're like, all right, it's in there somewhere. You're like I see it. Right. I thought I did, and then I and then it's bleeding so much you can't clear did the you go surgical like, field. Like phone light on it. I should have probably, but I, I needed both hands because I, I had to keep getting the blood out of there. I didn't have, and, and I wasn't going to ask Beth to help me I because she gets God. squeamish. What? Every day, every day you're turning into less. Every single day of your life, you're turning into less Grobstein. Just know that. Okay. Know that that's. That's when, what this part of your career is. I, I'm, I'm not stealing media guides or dinner rolls yet. <laughs> yet being yet. the operative word I'm there. Not, I'm not hoarding packs of game notes and then selling. Oh, my, oh speaking of that, what? oh, my God, you'll get a kick out of this. So remember how we were talking about Chris Kampka? Yeah. And Chris Kampka left NBC Sports Chicago. It's now official. He works over at Marquee. He started tweeting out Cub stuff. Like director of graphics or something? Yeah. yeah. If you're a Cub, I want to make sure I get his uh, his Twitter handle right. If you're a Cub fan and you were like, oh, I heard you guys talk about him. Uh, I want to know how to follow him. This is how you can follow him. 
He is on Twitter or X, whatever you call it. C Kamka, K A M K A, C K A M K A. He is a wonderful follow. You will learn all sorts of oh, stuff. Mandatory follow. But he does also all pizza reviews. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's he's a wonderful human being on top of everything else. So yesterday I'm over at NBC Sports Chicago for football night in Chicago. Had a great time over there with Wani. We had a lot of fun on the show yesterday talking about bourbon and the the combine. And Kamka cleaned out his desk. Oh, that had to be awesome. There was all sorts, like, it's there's like a shrine to the stuff that he left. He took a lot of stuff, but he left a lot of stuff. So there's these media guides and stuff from, we were, we were trying to figure out because we couldn't remember when, um, not when Rocky passed, when his father passed. We're like, what season was that? We were like, it was 09, right? It was, it was 07. So we, we found the, the Blackhawks media guide for 07. Like, it's wild. Like, there's all sorts of stuff, game notes and media guides. It would have been heaven for a Chicago sports fan to dive into the history that was locked in that man's desk. That's the stuff he didn't take. It was great. Well, maybe he'll post some things that he did take. I've, I'm still sitting on a treasure trove of stuff I haven't brought in. I told you about the Bears Sports Illustrated. Well, that I, found. I was wondering, what are you going to do with the SIs? I don't know. They're really not that valuable, even in the condition that they're in. No, but I mean, is it worth a segment, for example? Like, I'm thinking of it that way. Like, you bring them all here and then recycle them. If they're not, like, actually worth anything... You just say, hey, here's this cover of Sports well, Illustrated. Well, I think what's cool in those is not necessarily – the covers are great, but where I was rabbit-holing were the ads and the faces in the crowd when you see some 8-year-old who ended up being a Major League Baseball player. You know, the stuff like that, little names and features and what mattered to the, the sports fan then – the sports that mattered and how they were covering boxing and like, but a lot of, a lot of it's in like the prices for the cars that you see in there, yeah. like what you would pay for four ninety nine ninety five for an AMC pacer or whatever. You might not make it to your destination, but you didn't pay much for the car. I saw on Instagram this morning and 1984 Celica Supra. Yeah. Those were cool. That only had 8,000 miles on it. Those are good cars. Of course they are. And they, they had the flip-up headlights. Too. Yeah. yeah. I always, uh, Schuster had a Celica, and every time I'd see him leave a Bulls game, I'm like, man, that's a, or Supra. Mm-hmm. Man, that's a nice little car. Schuster was a high roller for a little while there. Remember, that was, that was media kingpin back in the early 90s. I think late 80s, early I don't know 90s. if he still has it. I should just text him and ask him. But every time I'd see him, like, that's a nice uh, driving around the city in the summertime. I think he does still have it. At least uh, as of several years ago, he gave me a ride home after we worked a Bulls game. Nice car, right? Yeah, great car. The two one nine. I guess you're you're just you're off on this one. It says that the the transformation into less will be official the day Dan shows up with chicken in his pockets. Yeah, he you're does that. All, he, he does, does that. that all the time. Yeah, you're, you're too late for that. He literally does that every day. But it is in a, in a plastic bag. That's like true. Maybe like if not, I, once I lose the bag, 
That would be the difference. Yeah, I guess. But it's happening. You do worse. Our very eyes. You do worse. True. You could do better. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I should probably. Aim I was. A I was always hoping that you turn into John Stewart. <laughs> Just aim a little higher. <laughs> well, no, he, the guy from Eberflus is turning into John Stewart. Look at him. I mean, he's not turning into John Stewart. Well, you have the well, opportunity to turn into John no, Stewart. Here's the thing: you're choosing to turn into Les. John, John Stewart isn't John Stewart. What is he now? I don't know because I think the media has moved on from that mattering. I don't know. He's his his return has been good. Yeah, I mean the numbers are good, but it's it's not what it was. I do think what what really is interesting to me is what his disciples all did like what the choices that his disciples made and now no one's doing it doing that thing better than john oliver right but it's a different format and that's much more of a news magazine investigative format than it is ha 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 here's a couple of of easy jokes on it and the jokes just don't matter we know they don't matter and then it he, used to feel like it, the jokes mattered, and ooh, sick burn there. No, 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 no matter. Then one guy's out winning acting awards. You know, like it's it's so interesting to see like where everyone went, and the choices that were. Are you going to do something similar? Or are you going to totally go away? You know, Colbert played a character for a long time. Exactly, he was never himself, and 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 was in character all the time. Until and, relatively recently. And now, like, all of the ones that were there at the end of Stuart and the beginning of Noah were all kind of, like, battling to replace Noah, and then Stuart comes back. And it's like, uh, I think Roy Wood made the right choice. I, I just divorced myself from all of it. You can have all of it, and I'll just move on with my life. Jordan Klepp were pretty funny, too. Big, big uh, roommate or best friend of Mike Hall. So we are working on figuring out this audio. They tried to boost the audio so you could it hear the work. questions. It didn't work. Well, Mark, we're going to talk with Mark Grody. That's happening, right? Right, and we'll replay some of the que the answers with him because he'll know the questions because he's there. That works. So let's do that. Yeah, let's, let's make it happen, Captain. That's next. We're going to talk Bears with Mark Grody. Boots on the ground. He is there in Indianapolis, and he's going to talk to you about the Bears at the Combine next on The Score. You're listening to Bernstein and Holmes. I'm still stuck, Dan, in trying to figure out <laughs> what? exactly what it is we do here. <laughs> right? Well, no, that part, I've figured it out. There's fart jokes and mascots. That's all is going on here. Bernstein and Holmes. Fart jokes what? and mascots. Middays 10 to 2. <laughs> on 670 The School. No, I think you do it the same every year. You know, you want to have a, a thorough evaluation on all the players uh, because you go back to those and, and you look at those evaluations. You know, as those guys grow uh, in the league and go through free agency, you look at those all those evaluations, so you do it the same. That's the new look Matt Eberflus. Maybe he got himself a, a stylist. That, that's what it looks like to me. It looks like Eberflus got himself a stylist. I mean, the haircut is 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 terrific. You know how the it is. It looks Some, great. Sometimes your wife or your family said, hey, hey, hey. Like, Beth got mad at me when I told her I needed a haircut. She's like, no, your, your hair looks better longer. Leave it. Like, I don't want to. I don't like it like that. 
it gets it bothers me. Hey, and, baby, I don't like it like that. And it wasn't my decision. She's like, no, that's this is how you're gonna do it. I'm like, okay, fine, I don't care. Yeah, because I, I I don't care. So I'm like, if you like it better that way, and that's fine. You know, you get advice. I get advice like you should stop wearing clothes as baggy as you do. And I'm like, yeah, but who cares? But they're right. Like, I actually look better and smaller when I wear tighter clothes. Some, most people do. Mm-hmm. But I can't get away with some of these suits that guys are wearing. Like super That's not that. I hate that. cut look. Like, I, oh, my God. It's my least favorite thing because, especially like doing a little bit of television, those suits do look good. I know, but you can't move. But you can't move. And you have to realize that you're a little bit like, a cyborg because I've got an IFB pack, I've got a mic pack, and those need to go someplace, and it's it's immediately going to mess up the line. Well, the of IFB the suits. pack is heavy too. Yeah, it's sometimes pulling on the back of your belt, and that's right at the top of your crack. There's a cold piece of metal crack. there. You know, that's you know, and then to say okay, you got in three, two, like, oh, great, okay, Here yeah, we go. right. But fun. There's some guys that look great. Like, I think Shannon Sharp looks good in the tight suits, which is interesting because he's such a huge dude. But he looks good in, like, the tight jackets. Back to Cam. Yeah, well, I mean, that's that's 3% body fat. Like, <laughs> you're going to look good in whatever you put on. Like, Kendall is going to look good in whatever he puts on. Whatever he puts on. It's disgusting. I mean, come on, man. It's unfair. Did Grody bail on us? I don't know. I mean, things happen. Like, sometimes, you know how it is, where you're there at the Combine, and you like, oh, I can go talk to Blank right now. No, he'll be connecting shortly. You know, mm-hmm. like, sometimes stuff happens. So you go with the flow. Or sometimes you're looking for a quiet area yeah. where you're able well, to. Well, you don't want the Muzak playing the in, in the background like it was for the that Ryan Poles. That wasn't Muzak. That was music. I had the whole playlist written down. They were they were doing work on that. We got to, I mean, Ryan Poles, maybe he knew. Maybe he knew that everybody would enjoy it more if he was backed by some of those classic tracks. Barracuda, Jesse's Girl, Sharp Dressed Man, The Logical Song, and Jungle Love. That's what he chose for his backing playlist today. He knows who his target, his target audience. Hey, can we put something together by those song titles? That maybe Ryan Poles was trying to send us a message. Ooh. See? Ooh. That's that's I wish that that's I had, next level thinking. Where, where can I find they don't do a woman that in like New that, York? Right? Where can I find a woman like that? Where can I find a quarterback like that? I wish that I had Andy's QB. It's Andy. Sharp dressed man. I, that this is good. I don't know. I'll let you handle the jungle love stuff. Well. And I'll let him handle it. <laughs> and, and Barracuda, not sure. Not sure where to go with that. All I know is when I when I saw Ann Wilson a couple of weeks ago try to sing it. It's a rough song to try to sing because <laughs> you have to scream a big portion of it. It was uh, that was unfortunate. You, need to, you need to leave Ann Wilson alone. Hey, man. All you right. leave her alone. Chuck Swersey going to come down I, here. I heard you saying bad things about Ann Wilson. Well, let me tell you a story about That's going right. to school with her. And what, wait, what, wait, what? No, don't, not that, Chuck. Don't say that. Yeah, please, man, you better. Please don't say you that. Better, you better calm down. 
Mark you Grody get some speaks with with Chuck Swirsky is, is ready for us. He's at Mark Grody Sports. He's at the Combine, host of On the Clock Draft Show, Friday, six p.m. at the Daily Square Podcast. Groats. Hi guys, how you doing? We're doing really well, man. How, how's life down in the big city? Yeah, life is good, man. I mean, I always love. The, especially the last two years, the the Tuesday of the combine for our purposes is usually very energized because we talked to Ryan Poles over at the JW Marriott in the hallway, and then we made our way over to the convention center, and I just got done talking to to Matt Eberflus, and obviously so much attention on the Chicago Bears, but yeah, it's been I have learned a few things. One thing I, I just got done talking to. The, the Bears head coach, Matt Eberflus, just a short while ago. And you know, typically, we don't get a whole lot of substance from, from Matt Eberflus. But he said something. And I, I you know, I did the, and I was up there with all the reporters doing the, the interview with Matt Eberflus. And I listened to the whole thing. Again, this was one of those times, and you guys know this from being reporters, sometimes when you listen back to your audio, something you don't catch in real time catches your attention. And what Matt Eberflus, he was asked specifically, what, how does he evaluate these young quarterbacks? And subsequently, this is exactly what Matt Eberflus is looking for from whomever the quarterback is. And as you will hear, there are some things that he points out that would go against Justin Fields. So take a listen. I want to see if you guys get the same thing out of this that I did. I look at situations. You know, I look at the guys that can operate third down, two minute, um, in, in the end of the game situations. That, that to me is what se- that's a separator um, for me. Um, and then you look at toughness. You know, you got to look in toughness for a quarterback really is, is about the mental toughness to be able to stand in the pocket and deliver the ball. Um, and then also have the discernment to be able to move out of the pocket and create when it's necessary. So um, and there's, they come on all different shapes and sizes. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's always been fun to evaluate those guys. I think there are pluses and minuses for Justin in there. I get exactly what you heard. Uh-huh. Uh, at the beginning where he's talking about third down, yeah, like two minute quarter. fourth quarter, because two if you minute. look at those numbers for Justin Fields, not great. But then on the plus side, it's understanding when to go get outside the pocket and, and create. And that's something that we know that he does do. So, yeah, but yeah, yeah I, I absolutely hear what you're hearing in regards to that. They're groats. Yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, that was sort of, I don't know, alarmed is the right word, but I was like, hmm, those are some pretty big things that, and those, those things, like, I remember last year when we had our, or the beginning of the, of this past season, when we had our conversations with Ryan Poles on what he would like Justin Fields to improve on, he mentioned the two minute, he mentioned the fourth quarter, and he mentioned the ability to hang out in the pocket. So obviously these two are on the same page when it comes to the evaluation of the quarterback, except for, and you're right, Lawrence, absolutely. It caught my ear too when he said that, you know, you want the guy to be adept at, you know, getting out of the pocket. And we know Justin Fields did get better at not only getting out of the pocket, but also making plays where he wasn't as anxious to run this year as he was last year. But I just thought that that was a pretty interesting stuff from the flus. What else? What else did, did you, did anything yeah. raise an eyebrow where you're like, Oh, okay. Well, we, we need to incorporate this now in as, how we understand things. 
Yeah, I mean, I think one of the big topics, and I kind of suspected this, I mean, I said it on the air that I, I wonder if we'll get a little bit closer to some sort of conclusion on everything that's going on with Jalen Johnson. Is it going to be the franchise tag? Is it going to be a, a long-term deal? And Ryan Poles made it clear that there he didn't say there's a long-term deal on the table but i'm pretty comfortable in inferring that there's a long-term deal on the table for justin fields um you know one thing that's interesting that ryan poles did say that he, he added in there it takes two to tango in these situations so to me that said he has the contract in front of him the ball is in jalen johnson's court now just having, again, talked to Matt Eberflus, another thing that I thought was more interesting than the usual flu stuff is one thing that I've been able to figure out about Matt Eberflus in his relationship with Jalen Johnson is I think it was it was rocky at first. Remember when he first came in? Wasn't he on second team? He was on second team, Lawrence. And, you know, even Jalen Johnson, when he's been absolutely honest about what, when it was hits on Parkins and Spiegel and just with us, that he didn't quite buy, he was like Dan Bernstein when it came to the hits principle. I think he kind of looked at it a little bit side-eyed and said, what is this all about? Also, I remember when he, he had the interception, this one of his interceptions this year, and Flus was like, yeah, that was great, but he did the wrong thing once he got the ball. Like, he should have taken a different route. He should have followed his blockers to the sideline and taken the ball into the end zone. So he, so Matt Eberflus has all, oh, and, then, and not to mention, too, that they, at the beginning of last year, they said, look, we want more from Jalen Johnson. Yeah, he's great at, at covering, but he's got to go get the ball. So they made it very clear. And I thought Flus was extra hard on Jalen Johnson. So it was interesting when when Flus was asked today, all right, what do you think about it feeling like it's getting closer to you having Jalen Johnson for the long term? Here's Flus on that. Yeah, a lot. You know, so uh, I'm so proud of Jalen, the way he improved um, and the way he really took the challenge to to be a ball guy. And and he certainly did that. Um, he's a great leader, in our, not only in our defensive back room, but in our whole defensive room, too. Um, and he's really starting to be a, a, a really good leader in our whole football team. So I'm excited about him. Again, like Ryan said this morning, you know, we obviously want to get him to a long-term deal. I hope they're close. I hope it works out. Uh, but uh, certainly excited. We'll be excited to have him back. I wonder if there was an element of, I know this guy's good, but he hasn't been pushed. I'm going to try and make him great. That totally. Eberflus was doing. Totally. No, I think that, I think that they, it, it was the proverbial, this guy might be, you know, one of our most talented defensive players, but he needs a kick in the butt. I feel like that's what they, they thought about him. And we know, look, the Jalen Johnson is very sure of himself um, you know, you know that from him being on the score every week with the afternoon show. Um, so that I do think I think there was a little bit with the attitude that they wanted to get him to to fall in line. And like you said, Lawrence, to to push him to be like, look, I, I, and I'm one of the people, too, who thinks it, it should be taken more seriously when a cornerback is just really good at covering receivers in this NFL. And he really is good at that. But unfortunately, that's not the way it works. And you are graded and you are expected to, if you are a corner in this league, especially one that wants, <laughs> you know, 19 to 20 to 20, you know, up to $25 million a year. Ball yeah. guy. I've never heard that term before. The challenge of being a ball guy. 
Yeah, ball guy, exactly, as opposed to being a ball hawk. Uh, he is a ball guy, and I'll be damned if Jalen Johnson didn't do it. As Jalen Johnson has been saying, look, man, you can't – there's nothing you can say in terms of critiquing me anymore. I, I got the ball. He was he was better at tackling this year. He he remained very good in coverage. So I, uh, I like that Matt Eberflus kind of – like that's what led me to believe that this is a guy that's been challenged, uh, that this is a guy that they've been hard on. And there was in a very fatherly way, Matt Eberflus saying, look, we're proud of him. I mean, we, you know, they didn't say how hard they pushed him, but it's, uh, it's very clear to me that they wanted to tighten him up a little bit and get him to a point where they, where they are now. And that is feels like on the verge of a long-term deal. I would not be surprised if there was a deal done with Jalen Johnson by the end of this week. Any insight into process? Did we learn anything about the order in which they want to talk to people, how they're going to sort through every one of these moving parts in any possible trade or draft scenario? Because that can't be easy. They have to have some idea of a schedule of of what they want to do and when. Yeah, no, I I think it's uh, – I can't imagine that – they I mean something could happen this week Dan I mean one of the things I guess I should point out straight up is you know for people who did not hear Ryan Poles is that that Ryan Poles says that there's no master plan that's going to be relieved today something that was important that he said too is they're not going to they're not going to do wrong by Justin Fields so in other words the faster they can figure out what they want to do with Justin Fields, whether it's trade him or keep them. I mean, he said he doesn't want to keep Justin Fields hanging too long on all of this. That said, you know, Ryan Pohl said that the phone won't stop ringing. You know, he's talking about getting hundreds of text messages um, to us about everybody, whether it's media calling or teams calling people that are interested in the Bears. So, I mean, I imagine that they have some sort of rough draft timeline, but it it still feels like there's so much that Ryan Poles wants to learn this week from the prospects that he talks to, from the quarterbacks. What I can tell you, too, is, I mean, they gave us a little idea of exactly how they run their meetings. By the way, the darts and the putting, they will return oh to the uh, to the Good. room. So, Why not? Yeah, so, that's fine. That's I thought maybe they'd introduce like Mario Kart or something. Maybe a third thing. No, they're still they're still going with the golf and the darts, and they will interview the player. They will watch tape together with whomever the players are that they're speaking to. So they'll be tape watching, and then apparently they they do a little quiz at the end to see what they you know, what they remembered from the the tape viewing and things about the bears and stuff like that. Obviously that's not all that goes into it, but that's a rough draft of how they'll handle their meetings. And we'll, we'll start to learn more about those tomorrow. Look, we, we listened to all of the Ryan polls interaction with you guys. Yeah. Obviously off the top, he, he talked about Jalen Johnson. And then the whole thing was kind of about the, about the, the quarterbacks. Is there anything that, else that you wish you could have talked to him about oh man i i I wish i could have or that we could have gotten more into honestly like uh, if we're talking about away from the quarterback more on what he's thinking about the the other picks that they you know as of right now they have a number nine pick and i understand that that can change like what his focus is in terms of 
wide receiver. I mean, we didn't even, we'd never had a chance to really get into the prospects that, that play, you know, the, the Malik neighbors is of the world and those guys that could be available, you know, Roma Dunze at number nine. So that, that is definitely something I would have liked to have gotten his temperature on a little bit more about the, the current state of the wide receivers on the bears, because right now they, they have very little to no depth wide receiver wise. And the, the other thing too, that I wish that I'd, had asked about or had time to ask about really couldn't justify it in this press conference though was the the defensive end position and will they how how much are they scouting that are they more comfortable going in free agency when it comes to that position or is that going to be a situation where they may surprise people and draft the defensive end with that number nine spot so I think that that's the only area some of the other topics but I guess it was pretty understandable that we were obsessed with his thought process on the, on the quarterbacks and Justin Fields and everything that's going on there. So did Emma go out last night? No, he didn't go out last night. No, he didn't go out last night. I, uh, but it was, I had a delightful night because uh, I arrived at my hotel at the exact same time that one uh, Alex Shapiro from NBC oh my Sports God. Chicago I love Alex, man. Oh, he's good people. We saw each other. We're like, we got in about the same time, about nine o'clock last night. We're like, let's go find some trouble. So Alex and I went out. Of course, Eva was texting me. Did you make it? I'm like, hey, man, you either you're either coming out. Yeah, don't don't pretend you care now. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Don't be sent. He's like sending me pictures from the the lobby of the hotel and what's going on there. I'm like, look, dude. You know, either you're you're rolling with us or you're not. So I don't know. I guess he's saving himself for tonight. There's all sorts of things being cooked up for tonight. Yeah, there's only so much Emma that can go around. Really, that's true. <laughs> it's, 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 it's a it's a prime ticket. It's it's very very true. Well, continued success down there. Thank you for the the hard work and the hustle. We oh, appreciate. And if anything else comes up, let us know. My pleasure, guys. I'm sure I will talk to you. Uh, if not today, if something breaks, I'll talk to you tomorrow. That's Mark Grody with the latest on the Chicago Bears from Indy. Next up, you know, we got a Bulls game tonight. The Detroit Pistons are in town. The Detroit Pistons are bad. They are bad at basketball. And they also... They don't need the, the refs helping them be bad at basketball. <laughs> that was I've seen plenty of egregious calls before. I am... I am Team Monty Williams Yeah, on what happened to them last night. Yeah, we'll have to talk about that in great detail. We will do that next on The Score. Bernstein and Holmes. Mike C. Nelson. Now we know his name is Keith from the Progressive Becoming Your Parents commercials. The White Sox. I can't believe they did more due diligence on hiring a play-by-play guy than a GM. Middays, 10 a.m. till 2. Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable to root for that team. On Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. You're one of us. You're one of us, Mike. Brunson, three-pointer. Off the mark. Rebound deflected. Chased down. Saved by Grimes to Fontecchio. Knocked away. Hardenstein picks it up. Out to DiVincenzo. Ten seconds ago, he throws it away. Ball loose. Picked up by Brunson. Brunson inside the heart. Hards banks it in. And a foul. Knicks take the lead. Monty Williams is furious. He thought a foul should have been called. There was so much contact. But Josh Hart with the big bucket and a free throw coming out. Oh, come on, man. Thought a foul should have been called? He tackled him. Yeah, it was... Uh... Dante DiVincenzo form-tackled Osar Thompson at a perfect 45-degree angle. He came over and had perfect inside leverage, 
and took out both his legs right in front of the crew chief. Right in front of the crew chief. I don't, I, you know, I don't want to turn into Les Grobstein. I don't want to, I don't rail on officials. Officials have a really tough job. I think it all comes out in the wash. I think the Pistons are bad because they're bad. Yeah, they're terrible. And, and they but that doesn't it. mean, that doesn't mean that they should get, that, that they deserve bad calls. The game should be officiated the way it should be officiated. Like, just because they're terrible doesn't mean that they deserve to have bad things happen to them from an officiating standpoint. And that was terrible last night. That was so It's right in front of you. Now, I saw originally. It would have drawn a flag in the NFL. I saw the still photo. I'm like, oh, that looks really bad. But then when I actually saw the video, it's worse. It's worse. He tackles him. You can't do that in basketball. You can't do that. So I'm with Monty Williams when he decided to make an opening and closing postgame statement and then end the press conference. Where's the New York media now? The absolute worst call of the season. No call. And enough's enough. We've we've done it the right way. We've called the league. We've sent in clips. We're sick of hearing the same stuff over and over again. We had a chance to win the game, and the guy dove into Asar's legs. And there was a no call. That that's an abomination. You cannot miss that in an NBA game. Period. And I'm tired of talking about it. I'm tired of our guys asking me what more can we do, coach. That situation is exhibit A to what we've been dealing with all season long. And enough's enough. You cannot dive into a guy's legs in a big time game like that and there be a no call. It's ridiculous, and we're tired of it. We just want a fair game called, period. And I got nothing else to say. We want a fair game, and that was not fair. I'm done. Okay, Monty Monty is mostly right. Like, if we were doing PolitiFact on him, he's mostly right about this. Don't try to globalize this into why your season's bad, sir. Your season's bad partially because of you sir and some of the choices that you've made and players that you've played and decided not to play that being said where he's mostly right is it happened right in front of the official this is the nba and where what i hate i i love the the concept of the transparency of the two-minute report i hate the the execution of it because that should have been one of those situations that you should have been able to correct on the floor. I want to hear from an official afterwards about something that significant and be like, yep, we totally screwed that up. We should have gotten the call right. Why didn't you get the call right? It would also be nice to hear about consequences. Yes. I and, I, and I don't mean like the like – He a, should be fired. A Monty Python thing and the referee responsible has been sacked. Boomer I, wants him fired. Right. I, don't, I don't necessarily, but I – I don't know there should be a public scoreboard, but if you really want transparency over who who's doing the best job. And we don't have to sort of divine it from postseason assignments. Right. We can just go, hey. Yeah, look at the scoreboard. Here are all the wrong calls that this guy has made. Especially for with all of the legal wagering on your games. I think Monty is on our side when it comes to Chicago media versus New York media. He was asking, where is the New York media? The New York media is easy on the Knicks. 
but tough on Justin Fields. Where's the New York media now? Yeah. Where's Messiah now? Yeah, <laughs> see? Where's Messiah? Yeah. Next week on Colin Cowherd, Detroit media is totally tougher than New York media. <sighs> that would never happen. Try that in a small town. I mean, in a major market. <laughs> Where's the New York media now? Yeah, yeah, see? Now they're going to take it out of the bulls. They're going to be all mad, but they can't because they're terrible. Hey, Cowley said be on bum alert, alert tonight. Oh, we have an official Cowley bum-ass team alert? Yeah. Oh, now it's official. He said be on bum alert tonight. What's, you know, let's go to the FanDuel app, shall we? Oh, yeah. I would guess the, the picking the Pistons is probably like plus 250. I was thinking point spread. I would say the bulls are a knowing them nine and a half i was gonna say less i was gonna say seven and a half would be the starting point for me if i were setting the line but i'm bad at it and i'm i'm no I'm, you you usually get stuff I'm like getting, this right i'm getting better wow what's the number ten and a half i'm pretty good at this too Woo. so what's the plus, money line plus 420 on your business well, i was bad on that plus 420 hey Doug Benson's going to bet it. There you go. I think I'm the biggest favorite in the league tonight. Your smoke Chicago weed every day. Chicago Bulls. Well, it, doesn't, <laughs> it can help with Bulls basketball, actually. It can. What? I'm, I'm, just, I'm just waiting for Adam Amin to give uh, Andrew Funk his props. He did. Kind of. He said he's a, he, was, he went to Bucknell, grad transfer to Penn State. He graduated from but he no, was. No, he, no, he, they went on and they talked more about him. They even made a Neil Funk reference. Later? Yeah. Okay, good. Don't be doing that to my guy. No, I was mad at him because it's a big deal. I, I don't appreciate that one bit. Jason has already ordered an Andrew Funk Bulls jersey because he's a loser. <laughs> like, are you re- seriously? How, first of all, I said, you know what? You, first of all, how dare you what? say that about your son <laughs> when you bought your son an Andre Drummond balls T-shirt? Yeah, and we wore them together. The, but the Andre Drummond "I Have Big Balls" T-shirt is different. Andrew Funk hasn't even played a minute. But for he went the to Bulls. Bucknell. But he hasn't played for the Bulls yet. But he went he, to Bucknell. So he hasn't played yet. Like after he makes his debut, when he actually go, gets on the floor in a game. And becomes the second Bucknellian ever. All, all I know is Jason Bernstein is buying low. And that's what On you're Andrew supposed to do. Funk? That's what you're supposed to do. Okay. He'll already have it. When Funk does get into a game, Jason will already have a jersey. Lights it up. I said, so what do you think of that, Bernstein? I said, I want you to take video of you making a three in Soika Pavilion in your Andrew Funk jersey. And then when he does get in a game, you can say, hey, you know, tying it all together. There you go. I don't think he cared. Uh, Next up, we are going to talk football with Brad Spielberger of Pro Football Focus on the score. This hour is brought to you by Jewel Osco. Check the For You app for more deals. You're looking for a guy that pairs well with him. You know, Jaquan is a guy that's a strong safety. He comes down, man's tight ends. Uh, He's a big hammer. Um, The guy that we'll be looking for has got to have athletic ability. He's got to have range. He's got to have great communication skills. Um, and he's got to have ball skills. You know, we want all of our guys to have the ability to take the ball away. Um, and he has to have that too. And then, then eventually grow into a leader. You know, if it's a, if it's a free agent, he's going to have to feel the temperature of the room and then and, and dive into the leadership role. And if it's a rookie, he's going to have to develop that with the other guys. 
Matt Eberflus as football sommelier. What pairs well with a Jaquan Brisker? Maybe a lovely Pinot Noir with a bit of red fruit on the front and lighter tannins on the back end. Or maybe a massive Cabernet that needs to breathe for an hour. I was like, I'm not familiar with the terminology. Let's talk some football with the guy who knows a lot about it. That would be Brad Spielberger of Pro Football Focus. He's the PFF salary cap analyst, contributor to OverTheCap.com, on Twitter at PFF underscore Brad, and with us on the Score Hotline, brought to you by Circa Resort and Casino, CircaLasVegas.com, Twitch.tv slash Chicago 670, the score. Hello again, Brad. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Brad, we are great, man. Thanks for joining us. And I know that some of this is, is retreading territory that you and I talked about on Football Night in Chicago. But I got to gotta let the score audience in on you breaking some of this stuff down. So find the Bears a center in free agency. Who's out there? I think the big name you're going to hear a little bit about is Lloyd Cushenberry. You saw Brad Biggs mention his name. I don't think Brad Biggs mentions names by accident. Uh, I think he's probably the best. Young, pass-protecting center in free agency. Not the greatest player at the second level, if you're thinking of a perfect run scheme fit for Shane Waldron, but certainly a good athlete, a former third-round pick out of LSU. Um, was top 10 for us the last two seasons um, in pass uh, pressure rate allowed as a pass protector. He's young. Uh, he's physical. Uh, I think that's your big name. And then I think if you don't go there, you just go to two pretty obvious, pretty easy connections. Two guys that played for Shane Waldron. Uh, the first being Evan Brown, who played in Seattle this past year. Another guy I like probably even more than that is Coleman Shelton, who played with him for the Rams a couple of years ago. A guy that can play guard, can play center, is good getting to the second level, um, you know, backside blocks and, and in space is a good athlete. So get the connections there, or you kind of take the bigger swing on a guy like a Lloyd Cushenberry. Is Cushenberry the one coming off an injury? No, he, he missed about half the season in 2022. Uh, this okay. past year, he played over 1,000 snaps, which is what he also did uh, his rookie and sophomore year. So, no, he's, he's largely been very, very durable. Now that we know what the cap number is, what are, your, what are the rankings as far as who's got effective cap space? Yep, so the Bears are still top five. Uh, I want to say they're third or fourth as of right now in effective cap space. You know, 80 and overall, you, you chop off about 12, 13 with the current draft class. You know, of course, the, the first overall pick and the ninth overall pick get pretty big contracts. And then got to fill out the rest of the roster. So still way, way up there. They don't have any proven performance escalators, which is these increased salaries. Because uh, guys like Kevin and, and Larry Borum, uh, Khalil Herbert, no one qualified for the Bears this year. So didn't lose space for those different things. Um, obviously, a Jalen Johnson tag would be about $20 million. But even after the tag, they, they, if they go that route, uh, they still have a ton of resources to work with. Brad, based on your calculations, based on all the data that you have, where in general is the best free agent money spent and where is the worst free agent money spent by position? Yeah, the data is pretty strong. You want to spend on the non-premium position. So interior offensive line, like we just talked about. Um, if you're talking D-line, you're talking run defending edges, early down guys, or you know nose tackles, not your pass rush types. I think safety is always a good one. Off-ball linebacker you can do pretty well. You're not going to find – the simplest way to put it is, if a marquee tackle receiver or edge rusher – or obviously quarterback, um, is a free agent, there is inherently a red flag and a negative signal in the fact he's even on the market because 
teams aren't letting elite players at premium positions leave. So I would say that at a high level. And then secondly, you can attack the premium position, so to speak, but more for rotational pieces, you know, guys that fill a certain type of role, not, you know, starter three down type players. You mentioned Jalen Johnson earlier today. Ryan Poles started off his press conference talking about Johnson, and he sounded as if they're very far down the road on an extension for him. From what you know of the of how he graded out, what you thought of how he played, and what you think the market is, what makes sense for a, a, a contract for Jalen Johnson? Yeah, look, it's going to be near top of the market. I also think there's a decent chance it gets done without a franchise tag even happening. Um, I think they are fairly close. I think if you're Jalen Johnson's camp, you have to come in asking to reset the market. You know, Jair Alexander at $21 million a year is the highest paid corner in the NFL. That's a deal that's a couple years old now. Um, And even ignoring the cap spike and all of those things, it's it's been a stagnant market. And you kind of owe it to your your fellow, you know, position mates to try to reset that market and push it forward. So if I'm Jalen, I'm asking for, you know, $22 million a year. If I'm Chicago, I'd love to keep it, you know, around the 20 number. Um, you know, I think maybe that's kind of your, your final numbers. All right, we'll give you a four years, 80 type, type of range. Um, yeah, I mean, he was the highest graded corner of all PFF this past year. And even in prior years, even in some occasions where he wasn't super highly graded, um, he's a guy where context matters a ton. You know, he, he is – a guy that is taking on, you know, massive roles, obviously doesn't switch sides or trail against number one receivers, but um, is a lockdown player, doesn't get a lot of safety help over the top. Like, he's a guy they trust to, to have those very difficult matchups. And he's 24 years old still. He'll be 25 in week one. But, yeah, he is a clear-cut top ten corner in the league, uh, and his contract will, will soon reflect that. Brad, how did how did Braxton Jones grade out this past year? Is, is, is he fine? Or are there players in this draft that you could see the Bears looking at and saying they could do better or in free agency? I think they will definitely not free agency. You know, we kind of talk about that. It's just it's nearly impossible to find a tackle. Um, there's a reason why a guy would be there. Injury question marks or other issues. So they're not going to be able to sign anyone, in my opinion, that it's a market upgrade that's worth the price associated there. Braxton Jones is funny. The way I put it is he's kind of the new Charles Leno where – I think people sometimes oversee – it's hard to find an average starting left tackle in the NFL. It's almost like the, the planet theory. Just like how many guys are walking around Earth that are 6'5 plus, 300 pounds plus, and are dancing bears that can do these things. Like, and I think the reason why I see the Charles Leno comp is, look, against speed to power, against the bigger, more physical pass rushers, Braxton Jones can get beat. Guys can get into his chest and push him back a little bit. But he's a phenomenal fit in this run team, in my opinion. And I think he does – pretty well against the kind of bendier, more finesse, speed type of edge rushers. Um, look, Miles Garrett, it, it, it was not a good matchup, but it's not a good matchup for anyone. So I think he's an above-average starting left tackle on a fifth-round contract. All of that said, if they're sitting there at nine and, and you know, a Joe Alter and Olu Fashanu, the two top tackles in the class from you know, Notre Dame and Penn State, I think they probably consider it. Um, but if I'm them, I, I, I believe in the continued development and growth of Braxton Jones. As much as we talk about a quarterback being on a rookie deal, allowing you for some luxuries elsewhere, if what you're saying is true and you're not paying premium left tackle money, how compartmentalized is that as far as best NFL practices? Does that affect what you only pay other offensive linemen because you look at that as a single number? Or does that give you flexibility anywhere else in your roster? 
It's, it's definitely both, but I think it is a thing teams do where they, they say, how, come, how much do we want to allocate to an entire position group? So, like we know, they paid Nate Davis a solid guard contract, you know, lower middle tier, and then we're talking center. If I'm them, I do say we have a rookie contract right tackle who we like a lot already, and he's one year into his deal. We have a rookie left tackle, or, you know, rookie contract left tackle who's two years into his deal. Yeah, you know what? Do we always want to spend a lot at center? No, but in this scenario with that context, We'll make a splash there. We'll get a veteran, you know, to come in and work, and whether it's a rookie or whether you want to help Fields get back on track, whatever. Don't force him to work with a rookie that that has to adjust to the NFL game. Um, so, so yeah, it's fluid. It's not a hard, bright line rule, but they definitely do say like, oh, let's make sure you know the, the the allocation of resources is to a degree, you know, kind of spread out across different position groups. How do you feel about the running back position now overall when it comes to free agency dollars? Um, because and the reason that I bring it up is that. I look at the Bears running back room and I go, it could, it could really use an upgrade. Now, maybe you can find that in the fourth or fifth round and not spend a lot of money on it. Are there any types of contract bargains for players that you could see having a, a, a good year under Shane Waldron and, and depending on what quarterback they have in free agency? Or is that something now that you just turn over to the draft? I'm actually at the point now where I think we've reached that inflection point where I now do think, you know, not to use a, a Bears player as an example, but like the David Montgomery, the James Conner, these guys that are getting these, these, you know, six, seven million dollar a year deals, they're better than that. It's just the market is so suppressed at, at all levels, you know, the top level guys, and then of course the mid tier and down. I actually do now think I would rather than use a, you know, third round pick or, you know, earlier than that. I'd rather pay a guy that I know is a good player. Maybe he's not great, whether it's, you know, lack of breakaway speed. Maybe he can't play through contact all that well. Whatever his shortcoming is, he's a clear-cut quality member of a, of a unit, um, you know, of a committee, if that's how you're going to go about it. Like, I, I think we're getting there. Like a DeAndre Swift this year, a Zach Moss. Or like, there are guys that I think you're going to sign for 4 or $5 million a year that are, that are actually worth more than that because the, the position market is just so suppressed. If, in fact, the Bears were in the market for a new backup quarterback, if they wanted to strengthen that room as much as uh, certain people may love Tyson Bagent, who would be on the top of that list of a, a skilled, flexible veteran who would isn't going to necessarily be a threat to any starter, but you know can more than get you out of a game or get you through a few games as a backup? Yeah, it's funny. It's not going to be like the sexiest headline or storyline of the offseason, but it's one that like agents and teams I think find very fascinating. Is This past year was like the year of the backup quarterback. We had like 45 guys start games this year, and whether you had a, a Gardner Minshew that almost made the playoffs or you, you know, were going through the Tommy DeVitos of the world in New York, like it, it dictated – I mean, I guess that didn't really dictate the Giants season, but uh, it, with all due respect, but, like it, it mattered a ton kind of how you allocated resources there. So I do think Minshew is, is a guy that maybe makes sense. He's now – we've seen um, – he's probably a good mentor, good guy in you know, the film room to work with. I think he brings a good energy, he's fun, you know, like Chase Daniel wearing a costume, all that stuff, like trying to keep things light. Um, I think he'll do it pretty, pretty well, get a pretty good deal. Uh, I think he's one. I think Jacoby Brissett is honestly an underrated player and a guy that really should probably chase a bridge option and maybe even start for a couple of games, but might have to just go the, the veteran backup route. Um, so those two to me, you know, kind of jump out as, as really, really good candidates for a help a young player come along or, again, even help a Justin Fields just regain confidence and learn a new offense. 
Um, both of those guys, to me, are, are, are very, very quality backup quarterbacks. I, I'm glad that Dan asked that, that question and that you responded the way that you did because I, I think that the Bears' quarterback room, regardless if it's Justin or Caleb, needs an upgrade, and they need an upgrade of a veteran quarterback that if they have to play, they can, but more importantly, someone that can help in the room. Like, there's, there is value in that, and I don't know how how to to quantify the value, but I they can't go back into a season where their quarterback room is Justin Nathan Peterman and Tyson Bajan. It can't be that, Brad. I'm with you. I really am. I, I think it's underappreciated. And like you said, sometimes it's hard to quantify. You know, to argue. Well, this rookie didn't pan out and become a you know a a franchise quarterback, so therefore there was no value. No, like for all you know, there are there are plays or series where the young quarterback saw coverage or identified pre-snap a, a, a stim pressure or a blitz or something, and because of what the veteran said in the room, instead of getting sacked, he threw a you know 15-yard completion. Like, that stuff is happening. It builds confidence and also actually leads to on-field production. So, yeah, hard to quantify. It is certainly a real thing. Brad, appreciate it, man. Always great. Thank you. Of course. Thank you, guys. That is Brad Spielberger, He's PFF so salary good. cap analyst. Yes, he is. So on on my rundown here, <laughs> I, I have written. Tell me, did I write this down correctly? Dumb stories follow up. That is correct. We are going to follow up on two stories that we talked about yesterday. Both are dumb. I'm there. Next on the score. Bernstein and Holmes, middays 10 to 2 on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. Newton, got to throw, looking around, maybe run, and can't wrap him up. He's still going, fighting forward, and he's close to a first down. He's like a Mack truck. And now the spot. My goodness. This is, this is the NFL. You're not supposed to be able to do that. Yes, he's like a Mack truck. Exactly. Which is why at a flag football event, you don't try to fight him. It's not going to end there, well for you. Unless, unless you are a professional football player. Or John Bones Jones. A professional <laughs> fighter of some kind. But, but, it, but only... It, it, it has to be John Bones Jones because size. Unless unless you're him or an NFL player. Who is the... That, the that, concept that, of fighting Cam Newton is who, ridiculous. Who was the Bears draft pick, the total freakazoid... John Theory? No! He, he wasn't. He wasn't like nice like John Theory. This guy like had something wrong with him, and I think he tried to become a fighter, and then he was doing Bob like bare Sapp? Bob Sap. Thank you. Great call, Bob Sap. But wasn't Bob Sap? Didn't he end up in the the longest yard? I don't know. Yeah, I think he was in the longest yard with was Adam he? Sandler. Yet another big Bob Sap. Well, no, you did. don't confuse him with Jamal Duff. No, I'm talking about Bob Sap. Okay, you are correct. Guy. Yeah, yeah, uh, he's he plays kind of a very simple, gentle giant in the okay. longest shark. Yeah, because that, and I mean, you talk like a guy, huge man. Yeah, and, and and like had some issues. Definitely. Yeah. Also fought professionally. Yes. In Japan. Yes. Yep. So huge uh, man. Like, unless you're Kimbo Slice, you don't remember him from Longest Shark. No, I remember him. Yeah. Once I saw the face, I remember, yeah. That's not longest. It is. It 
It was the remake of longest of the longest. Burt Reynolds was in the movie. It's the remake. Whatever. It's not Nelly was hilarious in that. Shout out to Nelly for figuring out where his life went wrong and fixing it. Smart man. Shout where, out to Cornell. St. Louis? No, like letting Ashanti go. And oh. he was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get her back. And he got her back. Now they're happy. So shout out to him. Anyway, Dan, do you know that over the last couple of days, these dudes that fought Cam Newton, and we were all wondering, were these kids that were fighting him? And a couple of people, I thought, did some really good work on this. Shannon Sharp talking about it. Matt Leinart was very passionate talking about it, saying, look, Cam Newton does all this stuff for his community, for the community, to try and show the love for football. And you have these guys, like, messing with it. You are on the interwebs, black Twitter, black Instagram, these two, these three dudes are getting cooked. Like I have never seen the the ratio be what it is. Everyone's like, number one, y'all are stupid. Number two, number two, y'all got y'all asses whooped. Start with one, you're stupid. And and number three, now you gonna cry about it? Now one of the dudes, the dreadlock dude, was talking bleep about Cam before the incident. And it was on it was on the interwebs. Now these fools are out here going to anyone with a microphone to try to tell their side of the story. You believe this? First and foremost, like what I want to do, I want to apologize to everybody that was out there and okay. to the the parents of not just our team, but everybody. Yeah, everybody that was, that was affected by like, it. Yeah. That, yeah. that should have never happened. Mm-hmm. Like we should have been able to sit down and talk. Like there's no reason we should be yelling at each other while a game right. going on. Like isn't that? It ain't none of that necessary. And so Cam has an organization. Mm-hmm. It's not just one team. He has an organization. So it's just been a lot of trash talk, you know, from, you know what I'm saying, hit more so his side, just out of nowhere, just talking crazy to us for no reason. It's like, it's not nothing new. Like, I've been around bro for five years. So, mm-hmm. like, this typical Cam Newton behavior. But Steph, you was right there. Yeah, so they you talking. listening to the whole thing, so yeah, you heard yeah. him and you walked up. So Steph walked up there, oh, okay. What's the, and as I'm know? walking up with Steph, Cam is in Steph's face. I made y'all responsible for everything y'all do, whatever. The, then he grabbed Steph. Okay. So me being my little brother, and I'm walking up a flight of steps, and I see a 6'6 guy grabbing my brother. And that's the footage that everybody that's sees. That's what everybody's seeing. Okay. Like, so that was the first altercation yeah, that everybody nothing, saw. Nothing else right ever had him. Nothing else ever had Nobody's seeing how he was talking crazy the past two days. Like Nobody's seen that. You're still stupid. After further review, the, the stupid pl- the, the call stands. You're stupid. The, the stupid is confirmed. It's more than stands. That was courtesy 105.3 The Beat in Atlanta. Oh, oh, that's nice. Yeah, with Jojo Alonzo, the baddest Boricua in the game. Hey, I might hey. have to agree with that. No, somebody tell Gabe. Well, he wouldn't put himself as the baddest Boricua. Why? He wouldn't do that. Okay. We can ask him, but I don't think that he would label himself as that. Because then we got a show if we got the well, the, the bad Boricua and well, the now, executioner. Now I need to know because I don't know if Jim BT is Puerto Rican or not. Because she would have claim to that. She would. Ray is like, Ray is like, oh, yes, Wait, she would. Let me go on over here. to D96 and that's, find out. That's go right. over to Jams. That's right. She's going to the- gonna be in the Dancing with the Chicago Celebrities. That's right. Shout out to Jim BT. She's good people, man. 
Real well, good people. Who else is in Dancing with Chicago celebrities? I didn't. I, I saw Anna talking to Chuck some people. Chuck Hey, get my dancing shoes on. I don't. Chuck should be in it, but I don't think with his schedule he could do it just because of when it is. But I saw Jim BT this morning. I couldn't see who else was in the background, but I, I saw saw the homie Anna Belleval. Mm-hmm. Shout out to her and her her husband, huge listener of the show. I got. I literally got a message from Anna being like. Got in the car. My husband was listening to your stupid radio show. Good. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's that's why I rock with him. He's good people. Um, but we'll have to find out because I don't know if Jim BT is if she because she would if she is she would have claim to baddest Bariqua in the game. No doubt. If that's no the doubt. case, so so these fools continue to play themselves. You know what you should do? Like, you not only are you going on radio, you going on radio in Cam's hometown. You can go on radio in Atlanta. Okay, dummies. You should just fade to the background like Homer Simpson. You should act like this never happened. And when you see that man, you should apologize to him. So that's one stupid story that we needed to update. The other stupid story that we needed to update had to do with court storming. Studs, can we play the Jay Billis first? This was when we were talking about the court storming incident that happened at Wake Forest. One of the Duke players got hurt with the court storming. This is after, of course, Caitlin Clark got hurt a few weeks ago with the court storming and all this stuff. Jay Billis gave us this gym. The truth is nothing's going to change now. We're going to talk about it. and It's going to go away. And nothing's going to change. And if they wanted to stop it, they could stop it tomorrow. Uh, The the administrators will tell you that uh, security experts tell them that it's it's not a good idea to try to stop the court storming, that that could cause more problems than it would solve. But you don't have to stop the court storming. One time, all you have to do is once they're on the court, don't let them off. Just just say you're all detained and give them all citations or arrest them if you want to. And then court stormings will stop the next day. Yeah, you hear that? You're detained. You can't leave. You're, you're detained. You're under arrest. You thousands of people, you're all detained. Yeah, because logistically that would work out very well what if for I the decide security to, team. What if I I'm, decide to leave this way? Yeah, I'm not detained anymore. I just I just left. I just left. What if I just run? I enjoy Jay Billis wanting to take away people's constitutional rights. He's, and he's not just... He's not, <laughs> He's not just a former basketball player. No, he's also, he's a lawyer. Right. He's also not a guy who went to law school. He practiced corporate law for a while. Well, maybe he needs he to practice some law that'll bring him closer to the people. Right. Instead of litigating for corporations somewhere in Charlotte or wherever he was. Instead of putting those Jeezy verses on your Twitter, Jay Billis, perhaps you should listen to why Jeezy is saying what he's saying. Because Jeezy, the snowman, is a man of the people. And you're apparently a man of the man. I just, I, I always feel like quoting Lorenzo Charles every time. You, from what you told me, you cannot I'll use have to, that quote. I'll have to edit it. I don't trust you, Dan. I'll I change don't trust it. you. I'll, to I'll edit change it. what Lorenzo. See, I mean, if you know, if you knew the late great Lorenzo Charles, you know he's the guy that scored the bucket that won the championship. He played in the NBA for a bit. He played. Was it a shot or an alley oop? It was a shot. It was a missed shot by Wittenberg. And when Mike Warren comes up and grabs him. And he's like, we won, we won, Lorenzo, we won. And Lorenzo said, yo, Mike, man, you got to let go of my neck, man. I can't breathe. And he's like, okay, sorry, sorry. And he 
big tough dude, and he, Jay Billis comes up on the screen. We're sitting in the airport in South Carolina. It's Greenville Spartanburg Airport. It's like six in the morning. Stay close to the dump button, studs. <laughs> I'll, I'll change it. And Billis had just started at ESPN at that point. And he looks up, and, and Lorenzo's like, Jay Billis. Jay Billis. I used to use him like a plastic sex toy. <laughs> all right, fair enough. Right? All right, that's pretty good. <laughs> and everyone's just like, all right, low. And he would say something like that. He would always be like this total, like, New York bed tough guy. But he could never do it without laughing at the end. You, you would just wait for him. And he, he would, like, do the whole thing. He's got his wraparound sunglasses on, his Raiders jacket on. And then he would smile and everybody would just fall out. Well... Lorenzo Charles wasn't the only one who would have maybe had a problem with what what Jay, Jay Billis, Billis had to say. His colleague at ESPN, Richard Jefferson, offered us this. That's got to be the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my entire. Did he say detain ten thousand people? Did he say give ten thousand people citations? Me and Becky were talking before this because I asked the the Hall of Famer Becky Hammond. So what do you think? She goes. If you don't make stupid rules, you don't have to enforce them. And that is silly. First of all, I get it. As an Arizona player, Duke player, typically the really good teams, I've had the court stormed on me four or five times. It's a part of it. It sucks. You don't want to see this. There has been things that have happened. But this is about college basketball. This is about college football. To say something, and I love Jay Billis, a legend in this game. That is asinine to suggest that because for me, when you look at this, yes, get your players off the floor. We saw the situation with Caitlin Clark. However you feel left or right about that, was it a little bit of a flop? Was it a little bit of an embellishment? I get it. But this is a part of college sports. It always has been for, what, 40 years, 50 years? You know what? Even in football, you're going to stop all the people from running on the field when Alabama loses to Florida A&M? No, you're not going to stop it. So figure out a way to protect your players. And again, we're talking about one situation, two situations situations over the course of how many court stormings we get it but let's not get old and get the get off my lawn get a citation let's arrest them all do you do we know what we're talking about when we say these things like come on to me if you paid your tuition and you go and support your team and they're an underdog against a high level arizona duke north carolina kansas kentucky and you get the win look you deserve to storm the court that's my opinion let's not arrest or cite give citations to ten thousand people As a texter saying, Robert in Naperville is like, we're going to get a giant fishing net falls onto the court. We've got you now. They're trapped. That's got to be the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Are they talking about Caitlin Clark? Whatever you think left or right. Is there a political divide? What happened with Caitlin He's saying Clark? that le- there are some people who believe that she flopped. And there are some people who said that believe that she was injured by a, a fan running onto the court. That's what he means. Ah, I see. And I'm kind of with this texter who says, I hate anyone who uses the it's always been that way argument. Even, I agree. Even if Billis's idea is also dumb. I agree. It's always been that way. Texter, well, you are yes. 100% on it. Oh, well, we never had to have car seats or children and science. Or warning, until the warnings on cigarettes. Yeah. Right. What's up? What's up with these seatbelts? We never had to wear those when I was growing up. Ridiculous. You just went through the windshield. Um, these surgical masks and surgical suites. Well, see, now... Don't start uh, that. that up for a reason. Um, we need, I'm going to break us early. You want to know why? Because we have to have fun with this yeah. last segment. Yeah. Yes, because speaking of, good. speaking of the dumbest things I've ever heard in my life, 
we are going to share. If you're a White Sox fan, oh White Sox, you're going to be offended by this. Next on the score, go White Sox. You're listening to Bernstein and Holmes, middays ten to two on six seventy. The score. I don't like our team. So I, I thought this was a parody when we were sitting in our meeting and this call came in to the Mully and Hawshaw because it sounded, it was too good to be true. I'm like, no, 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 no this isn't real. This, so There's no way this so, is real. So to give you guys kind of an idea of what it's like, we have an office that we all share. So we all meet up in our office and it happens to be the office where Connor O'Donnell is making sure that everything is going well on Twitch. And so we usually will have the sound up to find out when we need to come in for transition with Mully and Haw. And so we were finished putting the show together with our dumbness. And we heard a call and we all just kind of stopped because what Dan said, it felt like it was a bit. You judge for yourself. This is what someone told Mully and Haw about the strength of the 2024 Chicago White Sox. Mike is in Northbrook. Mike wants to say something. Hi, Mike. Oh, respectfully, I'm, I'm sick of all the negativity about the Sox. You know, there's some there's some good things about this team, starting with the fact that they have, they have two of the better power hitters around in Luis Robert and, and Jimenez, and they still got Moncada, who was looking better, and they got Benintendi. And not, aside from that, there's an old axiom about baseball, be strong up the middle. Well, look at them up the middle now. They got Maldonado, they got the Young, they got Lopez, and they got Roberts. That's real solid up the middle. And by the way, that makes a pitching staff better. And by the way, they still got Dylan Cease, they still got Kopech, they got some hope. I'm not saying for sure in this guy who was who was the number one pitcher in the Korean League. You guys just mentioned, and they mentioned Andrew at the Vaughan. time when Lance, when Lance, yeah, when Lance Andrew Lynn Vaughan? was traded. I, I can't remember. Yeah, they still got Andrew Vaughn. Yeah. I mean, so. What I'm trying to say is I look at teams at the end of the year who's in the World Series, and I'm not seeing always teams that knock the heck out of the baseball, even though the Sox right. have some guys that They're can do that. They're going with the Diamondbacks. Mike, look. I appreciate the phone call, and I yeah. apologize for Molly being so negative about the White Sox. See, you mean like the Rangers? I do not appreciate the phone call because it's a terrible phone call. You and- don't think the Rangers hit the ball out of the yard? Did you watch the World Series? Look at the teams that win. And uh, your whole strong up the middle thing, which first of all makes no sense. Second of all, you named three minor leaguers. They look pretty good with that Maldonado and DeYoung and Nicky Lopez. That's three bottom of the maybe replacement level big leaguers. We know that Maldonado is a professional receiver. We know that. He's a great he defense. He 160. I know, but he's a great defensive and catcher. And no homers. Right. He's a great defensive catcher. He's a major league player. The other two guys, at, at this point, Paul DeYoung is fringe, and Nicky Lopez is fringe. Not French. Not French. Fringe. Oh, maybe. I don't know. Monca- we got Moncada? I mean, come on, First man. of all, what do you, do you think Kopech's good? You mentioned Kopech? The White Sox don't even think that Kopech's good. You know that Eli Jimenez is going to play like 70 games because that's all he ever plays. Yeah. 
It's too bad. Well, and if you're naming pitchers and you're starting about good things about the White Sox, you get, you get one pitcher deep before you get to big question mark, and then bad, oh, not big yeah, question mark. Yeah. You and get then, one oh, pitcher maybe, who's going to be gone, and then the next one's been terrible. And maybe this guy that was good in Korea, whose name you don't even know, Moncada. I'm Moncada. tired of this. I'm tired of this. Is that Moncada? Maybe that's Moncada. Because Moncada plays third base. You can't be tired of disrespect and then not know people's names and think bad players are good. And I'm sick of all the negativity about the Sox. You know, there's some there's some good things about this team. There's really not. There's a lot of good things about the ballpark, which the owner wants to leave. And there's a lot of good people over there. That's where it all ends. The team's not good. And they're not going to be good for a while. You know, You know why I know that? The general manager of the team doesn't like the team. I don't like our team. And we'll never be royal. Well, they can aspire. The Royals have they have one guy. I know they yeah. got I know they got one guy. They paid him a whole lot of money. Something that the white like how dare you name Andrew Benatendi? Andrew Benatendi. How, like, again, how dare you? you the audacity. Do you know how bad he was? Not good. Wasn't he a, a net zero war? Did he name Ben Attendee? Yes, he did. He named him. He I was too up, lost. It. Once he, he said Paul DeYoung, ben I was ben lost. Ben Attendee. I'm sick of all the negativity about the Sox. You know? Andrew Ben Attendee. Was he a point one war? I'm checking. I'm checking. Last year, he finished as a zero war player. I, that's what I said. Net I neutral. Said, highest paid player in team history. A WRC plus of 87. And a oh, God. And a value of zero. <laughs> he's costing you money if he's a value of zero. He's a value of zero. That is the highest contract that they have ever given out. But, Dan, he had a hand issue last year. What about the year before? Hand issue. Oh, so now we can expect that home run total to go up to a robust five? So by the Fangraphs data. God. He cost them four hundred thousand dollars last year. He was in, he was worth negative four hundred thousand dollars. Do you think that's the kind of analytic that Jerry likes? He doesn't like any analytics. I, I think that's I think that's I think that might very be what he much, likes. Very much the analytics that he doesn't like. Yeah, he he thinks analytics take away from the baseball people. But I'm sure Ben Attendee was like, I'm going to put on my spikes today, owner Jerry. And he's like, Ah, that's my type of guy. You're like David Eckstein out there. A favorite player, favorite even all-time player. Frank Thomas played here, but he's not my favorite player. And Mark Burley, but David Eckstein's my favorite. Stupid, sexy White Sox. Parkinson Spiegel will join us next. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for twenty-five dollars per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. Five dollars more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at twenty-four monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. Thirty-five dollars per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. 
Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.